Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. I am Micah Chopley. Why do I have trouble saying 2023? 2023. I taught I taught a putty twat. I thought I taught I have trouble saying in 2023. It's like there are a few words that are tough. That, well, it's a number. It's not a word, but um, statistics. Statistically, that's, a, that's, not, that's not an easy one, right? Statistically speaking, I always say stats. The stats say it's just easier than saying statistically. Statistically, how now, brown cow? I should take those lessons, how to speak proper English. Um, you know, I'm a New Yorker, so I, uh, I talk fast. That's my thing. I, talk, I just talk too fast. And sometimes it... Uh, Sometimes people get lost. Sometimes people get lost because I talk so fast. People out here in California, they talk very slow and have to try to slow down. Everything is much slower out here. You know, we we talk a lot and we'll talk more in this show, unfortunately, about how bad things have gotten here in San Francisco with crime and homelessness and, bit, and small business and all that stuff. But... Um, and as, as Arnold would say, and things of that nature and things of that nature. So we'll talk about that. But uh, I, I guess one thing I don't really talk about much is how slow the pace is here compared to New York, compared to the East Coast, really, the West Coast. The, 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 the pace is so slow that it's really, really difficult to, uh, to get used to it. I'm always like a few, few steps ahead of everyone else, basically. So... That's uh, it always took it, it took a while, even after about 11 years, well, six years. So I've been on the West Coast now for well, a very long time, about 17 years and uh, not including a couple of years in Vegas and a couple of years in Arizona. So I've probably been in, on the Western, you can't say West Coast. Um, I have a friend in Vegas who thinks that's the West Coast. Vegas is not the West Coast. Nevada is not the West Coast. What coast is there? Where is there? Maybe there's a big earthquake in California. Nevada would be a you have coastline, but there's no coast in Nevada. Anyway, in the West, it's probably about two decades now, last, last two decades. So, But I still haven't really gotten used to the slower pace. You know, I haven't gotten used to that slower pace. Uh, but um, if only, if only that were the worst thing about San Francisco is the is the slower pace if only that was the worst thing but it's not it's not you know you i'm watching these clips of the uh, the hair gel king of california going around the country trying to tell everyone else how much better it is in california than everywhere else i mean this ridiculousness of gavin newsom going to florida and you've seen the clips on television or probably social media where he's he's informing Ron DeSantis how to govern. He, he's G Gavin Newsom is trying to tell Ron DeSantis how to govern. Talk about this guy, Newsom. He's such a he makes my skin crawl. He's just I don't understand how people can't see through him. Newsom is like the kind of guy you would cast in a movie to be a smarmy politician. He'd be perfectly, he'd win the Oscar of playing a smarmy, no one plays a smarmy politician like Gavin Newsom. 
And yet people in California can't see through him. So what's happened is that, no, Maria, yes, but come on. Newsom was like he was invented in the lab to be a smarmy politician. Like he came out of the Wuhan lab, <laughs> gain a, a function, gain a function to be a smarmy politician. And so, and so um, I make myself laugh. So I don't make other people laugh. I make myself laugh. So I'm going to give myself thumbs up. Uh, but, you know, going around the country, it's just gaslighting, telling Gavin Newsom how to be a good governor when you've got a state there where the economy's thriving, where they don't have nearly the homeless problem we have here. People aren't afraid to live there. People aren't afraid to walk the streets in the big cities there like they are here. I mean, it, it's there's no metric in which California is doing better than Florida. Not one, not tourism, not small business, not big business, not not anything, not education. <laughs> so I don't know what he's going around, though. This is what being the governor of California, where you're constantly preaching to this ignorant choir that continues to reelect you in, in big numbers, huge numbers. Uh, you begin to think that you can fool the rest of the country as easily as you have fooled. Californians, Californians. And he doesn't seem to understand that you can't do that. That people in Florida and around the country are not going to be fooled by his bullshit. But the fact that he can sit there and do interviews and with a straight face talk about how, 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 how DeSantis shouldn't even run. Because Trump's going to wipe the table with him. Oh, Trump's going to wipe the table with him. So he should wait four more years. So is that why Gavin Newsom isn't challenging Joe Biden this year? Because he thinks Trump will wipe the floor with him? So this is ridiculous. So See, Gavin Newsom might be scared of Donald Trump, as he's obviously scared of uh, Ron DeSantis. Everyone is scared of Ron DeSantis. Gavin Newsom's scared of him. Trump is deathly afraid of him. So to go there and to dare to say, oh, you shouldn't run. You should wait four more years. You should wait four more years. Be afraid of Donald Trump. This guy is a joke. You know, he really is a, a, a joke. And as you go around the country and you ask people about him, they say what I say, that they don't trust him, that he's a failure, that California is a shithole in the dumps. No one wants to live there. How do you go around to other states? Wait a minute. How do you go to the state that people are leaving your state for and try to tell that governor how to do his job? This guy, Newsom, like I said, he's got a big pair. But you know what? It's easy to have the big pair when you know that the left-wing DNC-owned media it's not going to challenge you. They're not going to do what I'm doing. They're not going to say, Governor Newsom, Governor Newsom. And believe me, if I were a journalist, in quotes, I wouldn't say, you smarmy hair gel king of California. The guy's not going to talk to me if I call him what he is. I would say, Governor Newsom, how <laughs> when your people have 600,000 people left your state in the last year, you lost an electoral vote. No other governor before you has lost a congressional district. And you lost it to Florida. How do you come to Florida and tell them how to do business? How do you how do you reconcile that, Governor Newsom? They won't even ask that question. These journalists are so owned by the 
Newsom, Pelosi, Obama, Biden, Clinton, cabal, that they won't even ask him that simple question. How dare you come to Florida? Where do you get the balls to do that? Answer that question, Governor Newsom. Where do you get those balls? Where do you find them? Do you buy them? Were you born with them? But no, he can get away with all this stuff because he knows the left-wing media won't challenge him in the simplest way, in the most obvious way. Do you think for one minute these these uh, fake journalists, enemy of the people, would do their jobs and have a printout of all of the categories where Florida is doing better than California and have it on their person while they're doing these interviews and say, yes, but COVID, yes, but education, yes, but jobs, yes, but tourism. Governor Newsom, how do you answer to all this? Nothing. They'll never do that because they're not real journalists. These aren't real journalists. These aren't journalists. These are political activists on a ca- on camera who make a lot of money. They're highly paid, visible political activists. They are not journalists. They are not journalists. I've taken journalism courses. I worked in journalism. This isn't journalism. This is activism. This is interviewing someone you like and making them look good. That's all. That's all it is. And I'm not saying it hasn't happened on both sides, but it doesn't happen as much on the right wing side because there aren't that many right wing journalists. The left wing media is like 99% of the, of the media, the legacy media. But I'm not saying there haven't been people like Sean Hannity who are going to do fluff interviews with Donald Trump. I'm not going to say that hasn't happened. Of course it does. But like I said, because 99% of the media is left wing, you're going to get more of these fluffy interviews with these Democrats who they like. And a real journalist, look, like I said, Walter Cronkite, all the great Barbara Walters, all the great journalists of the past, they had their political bent. Most of them were probably liberals, but you couldn't tell. Because they were able to put that aside because they had some self-respect. They had some dignity. They had some respect for the job of journalism. And so they did their jobs. They put their politics to the side. Tim Russert did it all the time. Right? On Meet the Press before Sleepy. That's the only good nickname Trump has come up with is Sleepy Chuck Todd. If Sleepy Chuck Todd is a great nickname. You know, he is a sleepy son of a bitch. Trump is right about him. So but before him, but when when Tim Russert did meet the press and it was a real journalistic show, he would have Republicans on and Democrats on and challenge them all. And if they said something like Gavin Newsom said, he'd say, let's go to the stats. Let's go to numbers. Let's go to the video. Let's go to you saying this. Let's go. These journalists don't do that because they just want their side to win. They just want Democrats to win. And now, since 2015, they just want Trump to lose. That's it. And they have they have dignified it in their minds that what they're doing, even though it's terrible journalism, it's 100 percent the enemy of the people. They have uh, reconciled in their minds because they're helping Donald Trump lose. It's okay. That's their like that's their Jesus has given them that job. That's why they're on this earth. That's why Jesus put them here to make sure Donald Trump doesn't win again. Okay, so they have reconciled in their minds that they can be shitty journalists. Now, they've always been shitty journalists well before 2015, well before Trump came on the scene. But now they actually have gotten even worse 
because once again, they can reconcile in their own minds that they're doing something that's like great for humanity. Okay? That's why they can do this all the time. And they can sleep at night and they can say, oh, we're helping, tr we're helping defeat Trump. This is more important than journalism. This is more important than being a good journalist. That's how it's that Trump derangement syndrome that allows them to do this, to be terrible, terrible journalists. Okay. Yeah. Chuck, Upchuck Todd, Upchuck Todd, Upchuck. You know, I mean, this guy's the worst of the worst. This guy's like a, like a boy pretending to be a man. You know, when the little boy puts on his daddy's clothes and pretends to be a man, that's what Chuck Todd is. Chuck Todd is a, is a total fucking imbecile who can only forget about exists. He's more than exists. He's probably a millionaire. He's well paid only in this country at this time, only in America at this time. And that's not something that's great for capitalism. That's not something that's great for the American spirit. That's uniquely American that people like Chuck Todd can be in the position they're in. It's disgusting. It is revolting. And it's because their boss, his boss, the bosses are also left-wing ideologues. That's why the bosses enjoy the left ruling the media. They want that. They want that. They, they cheer it on. They laugh about it. They love it. They go to social parties and cocktail parties and tobnob and talk about it with Democratic politicians, how they're on their side. That's why. So when your boss, I've always said, people say, how do these dumb people get these great jobs? Because their bosses are dumber. That's right. If your boss is dumb, you're going to, they're going to think you're a genius because they're so fucking dumb. Everyone's a genius to them. So the bosses are so fucking stupid. The people running television and radio, by and large, are so dumb, right? The CEOs now have known nothing about journalism. They come from very much like a bottom line type thing. They don't come from journalist background. They come from a bottom line business background, and they're dumb. And when it comes to the media and journalism, they're stupid. They don't know what works. They don't know what's good. They don't know what's right. They don't know what's just. So they're idiots. So they hire idiots. And that's the world we're living in. That's why we have Chuck Todd. That's why we have Rachel Maddow. That's why we have Chris Hayes, so on and some, so forth. Okay. And then look, and I, I don't agree with this politics anymore, but if you look, since we seem to be talking about MSNBC, although look at Don Lemon at CNN, I mean, it gets worse and worse, but then they'll have someone who just happens to be better, like Lawrence O'Donnell, and they'll put him on late at night. All right. They'll they'll stick them on last show, <laughs> show of the night when they just happen. Like I say, a, a broken clock is right twice a day or nowadays with digital clocks, just really once. But uh, and, and then they don't even know what they have because they're not good at their job. These people who run these networks are simply not good. Right. The only ones that are good are like Fox. And look at the ratings. It shows there's a reading. The re a reason why CNN's ratings are in a dump and MSNBC's ratings are in a dump. And they have been for decades now. Because the people running them are idiots. They're morons. They are. And at some point, the companies that own those networks need to understand this and do a real revamp. But who knows? Those people are probably morons, too. So you have morons hiring, morons hiring, morons. And that's why we have journalists who are enemies of the people. Like I said, Trump was right about that. I always, I always call him on when he's wrong. And he's right about that. By the way, has anyone seen the guy on SNL? who impersonates Trump now. This guy is the best I've ever seen. I just happened upon, I don't usually watch SNL, but I happened upon their cold 
open this past Saturday when he was like in front of the Last Supper for Easter talking. And the guy impersonating him is so good. I I mean, perfect his voice. If you close your eyes, you think it was Trump, right? If you close, he, he's a lot thinner than Trump. But if you close your eyes, you would think it was Trump talking. Inflection, every little element of his voice is perfect. Though his 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 uh, cadence, this guy is a million times the best thing that could happen for SNL was that Alec Baldwin did what he did because this is like this guy is so much better. He's fantastic. The only good thing about SNL is this guy who impersonates Trump. So I don't know if anyone else saw that, but you should go on YouTube. If you YouTube and you check out Trump cold open Easter uh, or, you know, last supper, it'll come up. It's great. It's worth watching. Um, so just a little side note there about the guy who plays Trump. But, you know, once again, journalism is in a very bad state. That's why Gavin Newsom getting back to him is why he can go around and simply get these fluff interviews. And that's what he does. That's what his PR people do. They say, OK, Gav, governor, we have you set up with this left wing journalist, this left wing journalist, this MSNBC journalist, this CNN journalist. And they know they're going to be these fluff interviews that he can do these uh, very highly practiced sound bites. And, you know, his, his thing he does now is like, this is anti-American. This isn't democratic. Book burning, book burning. Don't say gay. Oh, maligning gay people and trans, you know, all of his virtue signaling woke goop that he's now put into these phrases, right? That he's put into these, uh, these terms. And that's all he does for the 10 minute interview is do this litany of these slogans, these woke virtue signaling nothing ball sentences that these people never call him on that can be used for sound bites. It's, it's absolute insanity, but he knows he can get away with it. Like I said, I hate him. He makes my skin crawl. I think he's a very dangerous, disgusting individual. Look what he's done to California. Imagine what he could do to the country. Okay. Those are the ads. If he ever runs for president, which he will, I'm still sticking with he's going to be the nominee and Biden is behind the scenes setting it up for him, telling him to do all these tours and 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 fluff interviews for a reason. OK, I think I think I think Biden. This is why. Remember, I said a, a couple of shows back, I said that Biden is going to have to in the next month or two say whether he's run, if he's not running, he's got to tell them so people can run. Well, you know what? I, have, I thought about that for a second. It doesn't really have to. Because Newsom and the Democratic Party want the nominee to be Gavin Newsom. So behind the scenes, he's probably already told Newsom that he's not running, that, that they want Newsom to be the nominee. And we, as we spoke about yesterday um, at the end of the show, uh, that the Democratic Party decides who their nominee is. It's not a Democratic process like it is on the Republican side. They have the superdelegates. So they've probably already worked out that Newsom is going to be the nominee. Biden's told him, all right, unofficially get a campaign going. And then I'll announce maybe in, you know, July or August, September, I'm not running. And then you'll say you're running, but you're already going to have a several month head start because I've told you. All right. Mark my words, folks. Mark my words. Mark my words. Biden will not run and Newsom will be the nominee. I've, I've said this for the last, what, year and a half, that the nominees are going to be DeSantis and Newsom. DeSantis and Newsom are going to be the nominees. Uh, 
So this guy's very dangerous. And the ads that, that Ron DeSantis needs to run are exactly what I just said. You can use my voice if you'd like. You know, but I love when they have those uh, political ads and they have that dark voice, you know, when they're doing the hit job ads, you know, Gavin Newsom has run California into the ground. You know, so all they have to do is say, this is what he's done to California. Do you want this to happen to the rest of the country? And then all the stats, all the horrible images of San Francisco and blah, blah. That's all you got to do. You scare the shit out of people in middle America and the upper Midwest. You'll scare the shit out of them. So that's exactly the the kind of uh, campaign Ron DeSantis will will have to run. But th- I, there's no way Newsom is going on these tours of the country to run in six, six years. He's running. He's going to be the nominee. It's already worked out. And we know Democratic Party fixes their primary. I'm not saying Newsom can't win a Democratic Party. But he can because Democrats are, are morons. Look at California. And they think he's something. They think he's good looking and, and the perfect. See, they think he's good looking and the perfect politician. When I see what he really is, and most people in a general election who are not just Democrats will see what he truly is, which is a very slimy, smarmy, almost lab made politician. And there's nothing honest or truthful about him. Everything is planned out, everything is politics. And he's just a greasy, disgusting individual. Um, but he'll be the nominee. He'll be the he'll be the nominee and he'll be surprised when he can't fool the rest of the country. Maybe. I don't know. He might be surprised when he can't fool the rest of the country, because obviously, if he's running for president, he truly believes he can fool the rest of the country the way he's fooled California. But how he's going to back up his his record, uh, especially in debates, is beyond me. That'll be something to see. But he's a great gaslighter. I mean, that's what he does. He gaslights. He says the exact opposite of what the truth is and makes that the truth. That's what he does. It's not like the truth is a little bit off. It's 180 degrees, the opposite of what he says it is. But he's such a good politician. He's such a good, slimy, smarmy politician that he's been at this for so long. He's wanted to do this probably since he was like three years old. And he's probably been practicing in the mirror since that point that he knows how to turn it around and make it look like the opposite of reality is true. That California's in great shape and Florida's a shithole. That's what he'll say. That's what he's saying now. That California's in great shape and the red states are shitholes, authoritarian shitholes, when, of course, the, the truth is exactly the opposite. Everyone wants to live everywhere else, and California's an authoritarian shithole. But that'll be the gaslighting that Ron DeSantis will have to break through, and he'll have to use just actual facts, statistics, and very hard-hitting ads, and go after him and call him what he is, which is a smarmy, dishonest punk. And on smarmy, dishonest punks, well, we'll get to we'll get to Dylan Mulvaney in a second. But uh, <laughs> this is this is part of the greatness of Gavin Newsom. It's so great. San Francisco is such a well-run city in such a well-run state, can you sense the sarcasm, that a Whole Foods store, a Whole Foods store that was only open for a year is now closing down. By the way, this is after a new movie theater, which was only open for a couple of years, has closed down. And this Whole Foods is shutting its doors. Why? Due to safety concerns. Safety concerns. We're closing our trendy location 
for the time being, a Whole Foods spokesperson said. If we feel we can ensure the safety of our team members in the store, we will evaluate a reopening of our Trinity location. Well, that's never going to happen until people in the city elect Republicans. It's never going to happen, so say bye-bye to Whole Foods. Deteriorating street conditions involving drug use and crime forced the store to close, according to one city hall official quoted in the report. The news didn't shock some journalists and Bay Area residents who blame city and state leadership for the city's growing problems with crime and homelessness. Journalist and author Mike Schellenberger charged Gavin Newsom to send in the National Guard to clean up the city and protect residents and tourists. San Francisco is a failed city. It cannot protect the safety of its residents, tourists, or businesses. Governor Gavin Newsom needs to halt his presidential run and send in the National Guard to shut down the dangerous and deadly open-air drug markets. So here's, here's Michael Schellenberger speaking the truth and honesty and just what I said. It's his presidential run. If Newsom can call in the National Guard to protect the Capitol from pro-Trump protesters, then he can certainly call in the National Guard to protect San Francisco residents from aggressive and violent criminals and drug dealers, Michael said. Ian Miller, our friend, writer for Outkick Sports, I didn't know that, also called out Newsom for attacking Florida Governor Ron DeSantis when his own residents are fleeing the state. California's population fell by a half million people. We know it's more than that between April of 2020 and July of 2022. Sure, San Francisco continues to rapidly decline with Whole Foods closing just a year after opening due to rampant crime and drug dealing after San Francisco lost at least 8% of its population over the last three years. But hey, at least Gavin Newsom is lecturing Ron DeSantis on how to be a successful governor, Ian Miller tweeted sarcastically. Jeff Jacoby, op-ed columnist of the Boston Globe, called out the soft-on-crime policies in the liberal state for putting small businesses at risk. It's really not complicated. When DAs refuse to prosecute shoplifting, shoplifting increases. When shoplifting increases, stores go out of business. Something liberals just can't get through their their brains, in quotes. Uh, San Francisco ousted uh, its radical DA Chesa Budin last year, but rampant crime remains a serious problem. A Silicon Valley architect argued that left-wing activists sabotage their own equity efforts by pushing soft on crime policies. What's tragic comic about the Whole Foods closing in Soma is that the same activists who screech about health equity and the lack of grocery stores in undeserved communities are the same folks who push social policies that make it impossible to operate a grocery store there, Adam Mayer tweeted. San Francisco is one of the most beautiful cities in the world, but leadership better get its act together quickly. Well, it's not a beautiful city anymore. Remember, people still say that for some reason. It's like a legacy, a, 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 a legacy thing where they call San Francisco beautiful, but there's nothing beautiful about it. I, I don't know what's beautiful about the city. You mean from above, from from fifteen thousand feet above, maybe? But unfortunately, we can't live at fifteen thousand feet, can we? So stories like the one below are becoming the norm, and they shouldn't be. Jacob Jabber, co-founder of San Francisco-based coffee chain, fills coffee with a Z. Fills with a Z coffee added. The grocery store on Market Street cut its operating hours in October over high theft and hostile visitors. One of the store's managers told the outlet, in November, the store changed its bathroom rules after syringes and pipes were found. Businesses and residents have voiced their anger at city leadership over the homelessness epidemic.
More than 100 businesses and property owners in the same district where the Whole Foods market was local demanded tax refunds for having to deal with rampant crime and drug use. It gets worse and worse. Um, the Starbucks here in San Francisco now and in a lot of major cities run by Democrats are removing their seating because the homeless come in and sit there and stink up the joint, make it unsafe. So they're removing the seating. So there's no seating now. So you can't sit. We live in such a civilized society that you can't even sit down anymore. You can't go in to a Starbucks and sit down and enjoy a, a, a latte, a grande. You can't do that. You can't. You're paying $7 for the thing. And you can't sit down and simply like a like a civilized human being sit there, read a newspaper and, and, and drink your latte. You can't do that. You have to take it and go. Take it and go. Walk on the street and hopefully you don't get mugged. Now, the Salesforce building, you know, the big penis-sized one with the virtue signaling stuff at the top. They usually put, like, the Ukrainian flag colors or the trans, whatever the fuck it is, colors. Um, now, they're leaving. So Salesforce is pulling totally out of the building. The building is named for them because when it was built, which seems like yesterday, it really was only a few years ago, it was finished. They moved in there. So it was, that's why it was called the – it's actually owned by – so the, the building's owned by the city. So I get, that's why you get the virtue signaling at the top of it. But Salesforce leased most of the offices in there. So it became known as the Salesforce building. Now, they're all pulling out, right? So there'll be no Salesforce there anymore. So we have no Whole Foods. We have no Salesforce. We have a Starbucks where you can't sit down and so on and so forth. And this is Gavin Newsom's city. Remember, this is the city where he was mayor for eight years. And this is the city where he's been the governor in the state for however many years now, five or six years. So this is what Gavin Newsom is actually bringing to his presidential run. Do you want your Whole Foods to close just like it closed in San Francisco? Do you want all of your Starbucks to have to remove their seating the way they did in San Francisco? And I'm sure they are in parts of L.A. Do you want your major corporations like Salesforce to move out because it's not safe to be there anymore? Because no one wants to live in the city anymore in my state. That's Is that what you want your city and state to be like? Well, then you vote for Gavin Newsom because you do. And you'll see in a couple of years. It only took Gavin Newsom a couple of years to totally destroy the state. So you'll see that he'll do that to your state if you vote for him. Enjoy. It's I mean, the, the, these ads write themselves. This guy is so easy to defeat. Just got to get through his incredibly... Uh, well-scripted gaslighting. His whole MO is well-scripted politico-speak gaslighting. And if you can if you can break through that fog, you can totally take him out. Like I've said, I think I said this to Daniel. I said, if Ron DeSantis in one election cycle takes care of Trump and Newsom, to, to be he'll be a hero. He'll be a hero to me. And I, I don't usually believe in this hero worship or this cult worship of political figures. But if you do something to like deserve it, like take out a Trump or a DeSantis, let alone both of them in one fell swoop, to me, you will be a hero. You'll be a political hero. You'll be a societal hero. You'll be a hero of this country. And it, the history should write you as a hero. You should be known as a hero. You should be taught as a hero in, in, in history books. Look, a long way to go. 
But I'm just saying, I think DeSantis has what it takes to take both of them out. And if he does, he'll do a great service for this country. An incredibly great service. If it is DeSantis, if it is, if it is uh, Trump versus Newsom, we're, we're in big trouble. Because Newsom will, will win that. And we're, we're, we're done. We're done. I know people have said this in the past. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go. But I will, I, I will absolutely. I'm saying it on record now. I've never said it on record before. But if Gavin Newsom becomes president of this country, I will leave. I will leave. So the, you don't want to be here for that. You don't want to be here for that. So let's let's hope Republicans can get their wits about them, can push their Trump derangement syndrome to the side and vote for the person who can defeat Gavin Newsom next month. Go where, Maria? I don't know. Another country, not Canada. Not Can- Canada used to be a possibility for me, but not anymore. Not with not with the uh, fascists, you know, little Hitler and blackface running things. Forget about that. Or the way they kowtowed to him, except for those truckers two years in to his lockdowns. You know, I, I would not do Canada, you know, so it would have to be probably somewhere in Europe, maybe Sweden. I think Sweden. I think Stockholm, Sweden. I think Stockholm, Sweden. I can go for a little bit of Stockholm syndrome because I think that's they did. The, the, of all the countries, they did COVID the the. You said the best, the least worst, maybe the least worst, you know. So I, Denmark, yeah, Denmark is well. It's right there, right? Are you talking about the the Scandinavian countries? I think I'd be a, I think I'd become a Scandinavian. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and and uh, escape to Scandinavia. You know, I like cold weather. I like wind. I like I like snow. You know, and I like their politics in general. And I like the way they 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 run things. And uh, I think that would be it. What, the Netherlands, right? Netherlands, Amsterdam, anywhere up there, Finland, right? So that, that, that area, I think, is where I'd probably escape to because you can't, even, you can't even go to Germany anymore or France or Italy. These are all such authoritarian places. What happened during COVID really soured me and a lot of people on a lot of places, right? I know people who are like, oh, New Zealand's beautiful, Australia's beautiful. Look at how horrible Australia and New Zealand were over the last three years. So you have to say, do I want to be in a place where they have leaders like that and people who just fall in line? I, I can't I can't say I'd want to do that. I can't say I'd want to do that. So they, a lot of these places have really served notice over, over the COVID years as to whether you want to live in a place or not, you know? And unfortunately, what we learned from the COVID years is that there are very few places to escape to. There are very few places that believe in true freedom that are an authoritarian. That's why I think the Scandinavian areas is as close as you're going to get. But unless I'm missing something, is there a perfect place? Is there a perfect place? I mean, in this country, it's Florida, but not if Gavin Newsom is the president. Not if Gavin Newsom is the president. I know people will say, look, Biden's the president, but DeSantis is the governor and they live well down there. It doesn't matter. But I think Newsom would totally destroy the whole country. And I think he would. I think Newsom is such a son of a bitch. He would hurt Florida. He'd find a way to hurt Floridians. He would find he'd go out of his way to be particularly vicious against probably Texas and Florida. So I don't think this would be a safe place to live under under Gavin Newsom. Nor would I even want to deal with it. I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to have to see him on the news. His 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 smarmy 
your hair gel gooped fucking head every day. I couldn't deal. Oh, I can't deal with it. Maria, I can't deal with it. So I, I, Denmark sounds good also. Denmark sounds good as well. Uh, the good news is uh, Red State wrote an article that, as we predicted, Gavin Newsom's shtick isn't going over well with Democrats in, in red states. And so it looks as though the people in these red states are not not just not just Republicans, but uh, James Carville called out Newsom's tour. He called it a stunt. Nikki Freed. I mean, you know, she's totally left, says he should stay home. A leading Texas activist worries about Newsom's con- condescending manner. No shit. And Newsom insiders share that Newsom is obsessed with reading right wing news sites. The guy is obsessed. I mean, you know, Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump live like rent free in this guy's head. But think about. Just like everyone else, I'll read this. Florida Democrats bristle at Newsom's pissing match with DeSantis. Um, There are limits to what he's doing. She said Newsom's California versus Florida framing, which resonates with uh, West Coast liberals, would backfire in DeSantis's backyard. That would not be helpful as a comparison between these two states. No shit, Nikki. You think it's because Florida is a great place to live and California is a shithole? Florida is very different from California. So what is what does Nikki think that Florida is just different because it's on the East Coast and California is on the West Coast because the weather's nice all the time. Uh, it doesn't get earthquakes. What is the difference? The difference is Ron DeSantis and, and Gavin Newsom. That's the difference. The difference is one is a place where people are flocking to and one is a place where people are leaving from. That's the difference. Of course, she's an idiot anyway. Democrats in Texas, yeah. So it's just not only are the are the Republicans saying get out of our uh, hometowns, but even these Democrats are saying what he's doing is not going to work. His 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 uh, his mo is not helpful. To go around the country <laughs> from a failed state, and everyone in the country knows your state has failed because they're hearing about it every day as being a total failure, and you're going to those places and saying, hey. You're a redneck authoritarian. You don't know what you're doing. Come on, man. Come on. It's just it's just too absurd. It really is. It's too absurd. Too absurd. Um, by the way, if Joe Biden were running, he would tell Newsom not to do this. He would say, hey, Jack, what are you doing, Jack? What's this malarkey? What are you doing? Why are you getting in my way? Why are you hurting me? He, so, he knows he's not running and his Newsom's... Uh, you know, his Newsom's campaign to win or lose, that he's not telling him not to do it. But guaranteed, if I think if Joe Biden, all right, I'm convinced now he's not running. If he were running, he would tell Newsom not to do this. He would tell them, he would tell him and other Democrats would tell him not to do this. You're getting in our way. So it's going to happen. When, when Biden announces he's not running and about... Let's see. To make it look good, to make it look like it wasn't planned, Newsom won't announce right away. What? A month? A month or so? And Newsom says he's running. Everyone's going to say, that Mike Kachopoli guy, he knew it. He knew it. And that's what's going to happen. And that's what's going to happen. Did you hear, we talked a little bit yesterday about Tennessee Democrats reinstating 
the, the guys who were expelled. No one has really explained to me. Maybe someone can call in and explain to me why they voted them back. What is the process? Why, when they voted like 77-23 to get rid of them, did a week later they all vote to bring them back? I don't understand the whole process. The only thing I can see it as is that they bent the knee because they got bad publicity for it. They were called racist for it, right, because they got rid of the two black guys, not the white woman. And so they were forced to do this. It was political pressure, which is the worst reason. I mean, I, I could see if these guys got on their knees and begged and maybe wrote letters of apology. And, but I don't hear they did any of that stuff. They just complained that it was racist. And so the Republicans, did they just really bend the knee and, and, and put them back? I mean, that is the worst thing I've ever heard of, to be such wimps, to be so weak need as to do something like that because of political pressure, because the Democrats did what Democrats do all the time and say racism and scream racism. To give into that is the worst thing possible to give them that kind of satisfaction if that's what happened. And that's the only thing I can conjure up from this, that that's exactly what happened. Because they were so strident when they got rid of them. They said, no, they broke their laws and we got rid of them. They can run for office again. And then the following week, they're reinstating them. So I can only say, the only thing I can say with any common sense here is that they just, they kowtowed to political pressure. The Democrats never do that. Did the Democrats ever say, ever like not prosecute Jacob Chansley? Did they ever say, we're not going to prosecute these people because what they did was not that bad. It wasn't an insurrection. Putting your feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk shouldn't get you 10 years in prison. Did they ever say that? Did they ever do any of that? No, they went after these people. They actually didn't even give them fair trials. They went after them as terrorists because of the Patriot Act. They didn't even have due process, most of them. The Democrats didn't give an inch, not an inch. Why are the Republicans doing this? Why do they keep shooting themselves in the foot? Say, too bad. Yes, call us racist. We're racist. Good, good. Yes, good, good. Now what? What? Who cares? The people who think Republicans are racist always think Republicans are racist. They're never going to vote for Republicans. Who are you turning off? Who are you turning off by having some courage, some balls? And saying, no, we're standing our ground, just like you always stand your ground when you think you're right, even though you're wrong. I can't find anywhere. All I'm hearing, this is why it has to be bending the knee. And when I'm watching places, when I'm watching Fox News, they don't want to say Republicans bent the knee because they're not saying why they were reinstated. Let me see if I can figure this. Does anyone know why they were reinstated? so quickly is there is it a technical thing am i am i not getting this right is it something that republicans couldn't prevent let's see jones and pearson i'm looking this up now we know that we know all this okay however jones was reinstated after a unanimous vote by the metro nashville council what is the metro nashville council what is that pearson will receive a similar vote by the shelby county commission what is this I don't, I, I don't get this. I don't understand. So there's a council that can override what the state legislature did. Does it, I don't get, I don't, I don't understand this. And if that's, I don't know. So did, did the Republicans just do this to make a point to bother them for a week, to make their lives tough for a week, 
to make them have to go through this process? I don't understand it. And if so, why don't they get rid of them again? Why don't they hardline this and take another vote and get rid of them again? I don't, I don't get it. Let me see. Let's read the article together because I can't seem to find anywhere where it explains the process of this. The net, then here, let's, let's, let's look up Nashville Metropolitan Council. I don't know. I don't know what this, I don't know what that is. It sounds like a, a fake thing, doesn't it? The Nashville Metropolitan Council, uh, the Nashville Metropolitan Council. So that would be Nashville. That would be just the city. So this is not a state vote. This is from a, a council in the city of Nashville, which is all Democrats. So how can they put this guy back in? I don't understand it. I don't. This is so stupid. This whole thing is so idiotic. Why would the Republicans do this knowing that this local extreme left wing council can just put these people right back in again? Is it was it just a game? I don't I don't get it. And either way, what the Republicans did had no teeth. They had no teeth. Everything the Democrats do have teeth. People end up in jail. There's no council that can get them out of jail. You know, this is the hypocrisy that really fucking bothers me. You had Democrats. Remember after their remember, they're the ones who who set this president precedent where these things are insurrections. Right. Republicans didn't start that precedent. Democrats did. They called January 6th, where the citizens went into the Capitol supposedly to try to pressure them to nullify the election, whatever the hell it was, something that was never going to happen anyway. And they called that an insurrection. They said it was illegal to do that, to, at breaking and entering, and also trying to pressure, using quote-unquote violence to pressure politicians into doing something they want them to do. All right. So this is exactly what happened in Tennessee. But what made it worse is these three legislators got involved with the public, right? So that was the difference. But wait a minute. Remember how Democrats wanted to crucify Republicans in Congress for supposedly having tours the weeks, be- the days before the insurrection? And they showed videos. They're like, are those pe- are those the people they're showing around? Were they part of the insurrection? They wanted to put Republicans in jail. They wanted not only to get rid of them, expel them. They wanted to put them in jail for showing these people around, saying these Republicans were showing them where to go when they broke in. Do you remember that? I know it was uh, two years ago, a long time ago in American years. But do you remember that where they said, oh, my God, look at look at Bobert and this one and that one showing these people around. Were they telling them where to go? Were they giving them the blueprint? Put them in jail. They wanted to throw them all in jail for that. Yet these three legislators actually physically got involved with the insurrection. Democrats word, Democrats word. And they have, God forbid you expel them. They call that racist. And then you have to reinstate them. This is the game. This is the double standard game that the Democrats are constantly playing, backed up by their friends in the media. And no one calls them on that. Wait a minute. Weren't you calling for the Republicans in Congress to be expelled simply and jailed simply for showing people around? Which, by the way, people in Congress do all the time. They do personal tours. All right. If you know a congressperson, you can get a personal tour. Happens all the time. Okay. So they wanted these people expelled and jailed for supposedly without any proof, without any proof. Those are even the same people who were involved in the insurrection Democrats term. 
that they were showing them a blueprint of the Capitol. There was no proof. It was all made up. It was conjured, and it went away because there was no there there, as there never is with anything the Democrats conjure up. But that's the, that's the ridiculous double standard. Ridiculous double standard here. How de- Oh, this is anti-democratic to expel these three uh, Democrats when the Democrats wanted these Republicans in Congress jailed for doing tours. Okay? Does anyone in the media talk about that? No. The media knows that two years is like 5,000 years in the American psyche of the American citizen. And they even forget that Democrats are pushing for that. That CNN, MSNBC was pushing for that in the week's and months after the insurrection, January 6th, insurrection Democrats term. I just, I find that the hypocrisy so mind-blowingly obvious and what really breaks my nuts is that no one in the media brings this up. No one in the media, and I know, aside some people on Fox News, no one in the media brings this up. No one in the media talks about this. No, no, no one says, hey, wait a minute, didn't you, didn't you, wait a minute, what? No, nothing, nothing. And then the Democrats stick to their guns, jail people, jail people without due process, yet the Republicans do this toothless stunt in Tennessee where these people were out of office for 96 hours, now they have their jobs back. I just... I don't know how Republicans expect to win elections being such wimps. I don't know how being such wimps they expect to win elections. They cannot do it. Ron DeSantis has talked about this. They need to get they need to all grow a pair, male or female or trans. They need to grow a pair. Okay. Because they're not going to get anywhere constantly giving Democrats the satisfaction. The see I told you so. They're not they're not going to get anywhere. Uh, we might be getting somewhere as a transition on uh, the uh, Bud Light thing. You know, it really amazes me how Bud Light, once again, are people running these companies this ignorant, this dumb? Bud Light didn't know their demographic. Has anyone who works at Bud Light been to a gay bar? I want them to go to a gay bar. And try to find how many people there are drinking Bud Light. I want them to find out how many people there have a Bud Light in their hand. The answer will be probably nobody. The gay, the LGBTQIA+, whatever it is, that I know that by heart shows something's wrong with me, uh, uh, demo is not Bud Light. Bud Light is middle America. Bud Light is middle America. Bud Light is uh, certainly leans more right than left. There's no doubt about that. But did Bud Light not know that? Do they not care? Is their their desire to be woke and virtue signals so strong that they don't realize their own demographic? Well, Bud Light has suffered a bloodbath as longtime and loyal consumers revolt against a transgender campaign. Maria, let me read this and I'll get right to you. Uh, Bud Light suffered a bloodbath this past weekend. Consumers nationwide revolted against the nation's top-selling beer brand after it stepped recklessly into the culture wars last week with his new spokesperson, transgender Chinese TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney, according to bar owners and beer industry experts. I think society flexes its muscles sometimes and reminds manufacturers that the consumer is still in charge. 
Jeff Fitter, owner of Cason Bucks, a restaurant and sports bar in Barnhart, Missouri, told Fox Business. In Bud Light's effort to be inclusive, they excluded almost everybody else, including their traditional audience, also known as their demographic. He cited sports fans, working people, and women as loyal Bud Light consumers the brand suddenly excluded in its race to go woke. Bud Light maker Anheuser-Busch is headquartered in nearby St. Louis, but even Fitter's Bar witnessed a catastrophic decrease in sales of the hometown suds among loyal and, and local consumers this week. Sales of Anheuser-Busch bottled product dropped 30%, 30% over the past week, while uh, draft beer plummeted 50%, the owner said. Similar stories are found around the country. Bud Light normally outsells rival products Miller Lite and Coors Light 25 to 1 at Braintree Brewhouse in Massachusetts, a sprawling sports bar, not a gay bar, a sports bar just outside Boston. Not this week. 80% of Bud Light drinkers ordered something else, Brewhouse owner Alex Cazares said. While the 20% who did order Bud Light weren't on social media and hadn't heard yet about the transgender pitch person. They didn't order it again, he said, if other patrons told them about it. One pub in Hell's Kitchen, New York City, liberal New York City, neighborhood known for its large and vocal gay community, reported that Bud Light sales dropped 58% this week, while Bud Light bottle sales were down 70%. Bud Light's decision to dive into the culture wars was a bad decision that defied virtually every rule in building brands and marketing, a national beer industry analyst told Fox Business. He cited a nightmare scenario for Bud Light sales reps in Texas, where the brand has years, has sponsored a large weekly dart league with 100 plus players each Thursday night. The bar typically sells three kegs of Bud Light at the event, a total of 495 12 ounce pours. The bar sold only four 12 ounce Bud Light bottles this week as the dart players held a mass protest against their league sponsor. So this goes on and on to show what a disastrous decision this was for Bud Light and how their PR department there didn't understand. Once again, the desire to be so woke, and I will bring it back to this, and I'll keep on bringing it back to this. So woke, so virtue signaling, and so anti-Donald Trump. I'm, I'm, till the, I'll go to the grave saying TDS is the cause of most of our society's ills on both sides of the aisle. And this is just another example where it's like reality didn't matter. to. I've never seen a company not care about their demographic, not understand their demographic, overshoot the mark by so much. I've never seen this. This, this, this virtue signaling desire, this wokeness is so strong. It's taking over, really is taking over our culture. Hey, Maria, how are you? I'm all right. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm okay, Maria. I'm okay. Well, I honestly, you specifically referenced Middle America as being their market. Do you, do you not acknowledge that Middle America is disappearing and maybe they were exploring new markets as Middle America disappears? Well, it didn't work, though, did it? I mean, I just, I just read the numbers to you. Well, Middle America is not disappearing. People in Middle America still bring Bud Light hasn't disappeared in Middle America. Bud Light hasn't disappeared in sports bars or I mean, Bud Light is a big beer and I'm no beer expert or enthusiast. I don't like beer, um, but it's done very well in like uh, sports bars, 
country western bars and uh, yeah. sporting and sporting events, which are still doing quite well. Nothing, nothing to do with the gay community. Yeah, but the inflation has gotten freakish on cheap beer, even cheap beer. Well, you know, a bottle of beer at a sporting event is now like ten dollars. Yep. Ten dollars, yep, yep. and and uh, in bars here, I mean, not not in bars, and I'm sure not in this bar in Missouri, but bars like in New York City and San Francisco, a bottle of beer will cost you, you know, anywhere from eight to ten dollars. It's it's ridiculous. It's insane. It's insane. But I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh-huh, there you go. And yeah. cheap beer has gotten freakishly expensive here. Mm. Across all brands, even even like even buying cases at a convenience store. Yeah, pretty much. Because that's usually the cheapest way, right? Yeah, I mean, pre-COVID, you could get a twelve pack of Bud Light for I don't know twelve dollars. You cheap, and now yeah. they're eighteen something dollars. Yeah, I mean, I I would. I would imagine their strategy was marketing to people that could actually afford to buy it. Well, that could be, but I think, I don't think they, I truly don't think, here's the thing. I think the people running these corporations don't care as much about, I I just mentioned people running like TV and radio stations. They used to care about good, good programming, which would add up to good ratings. They don't seem to care about that anymore. And I don't think a lot of these corporations care about this stuff anymore the more they care more about um this uh, social contagion this uh virtue signaling and wokeness and being seen as a woke uh quote-unquote open-minded corporation so it's kind of like they're worried about what their image looks like but they seem to only care what their image looks like to the left and when you do that you are this is just pure demographics you are alienating at least half, I'd say more than half of the country these days. So that's the, the problem here. They alienated. They, what they did was they alienated the people who have supported them all the way through to appeal to abate to people, a very small percentage of society who really doesn't like Bud Light who likes more of the craft beers and the foo-foo drinks and stuff like that. You know, so it's not, it was, it was bad. It was just bad marketing, but I don't think they cared about the marketing. I think they just wanted to look woke. They want to have this appearance of wokeness and a virtue. And I think that's, that's the problem. And that will, that will ruin society. That will ruin culture. That'll make things bad. You'll get bad journalism. You'll get bad art and you'll get bad business. And it's going to, it's going to wokeness. People laugh. People on the left, especially think this is funny or this is like uh, overshooting the mark or being hyperbolic wokeness and virtue signaling, not war, not um, the economy per se will, will destroy society. If we, if we allow it to continue. Well, I, I don't I don't mean to be offensive or abrasive, but I've come to my own thinking about woke and wokeness as being weaponized uh, a weaponized term when I'd, I'd rather hear the actual argument 
and context behind it, uh, you know, because so many people just use that word loosely and openly uh, without really demonstrating their argument about the particular issue. Well, the, argu- the argument is hire people who can do the best job make the best product, whether it's a beer, whether it's uh, movies, TV, art, whether it's uh, radio or television, give us the best product. Care about the product first. The American way is actually developing a good product, right? Give me a good product at a fair price. That and, is what, yeah. right, that's, that's what most people want. So and make when, it affordable to your target audience. Yeah, make it affordable to your target audience. But also, I think, put these 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 basic business decisions and strategies ahead of these this social fabric stuff and i think that's the problem and i don't think i think it's it's very blatant like we see with bub light that they're caring more about the social fabric and their appearance than actually a good business and producing a good product selling it to the right people at the right price they don't seem to have cared about that with this particular decision and what good is it when all their sales are dropping? So is it good for a, com- a company to care about this stuff and go woke and virtue signal and care about their image um, when it comes to a very, you know, small percentage of society and then go out of business? Now, when they go out of business, who's going to lose jobs? A couple of CEOs, but a lot of regular people who need their jobs. Regular people who bottle the stuff and sell the stuff and transport the stuff that will lose their jobs. That's what it comes down to. And that will hurt the economy. It won't help it. And it'll help. It'll hurt the small person. The CEO will get 30 million in the 401k and find another job next week for another company. You see, Maria, it hurts the, it hurts the average person when you delve into this ridiculousness of wokeness and virtue signaling and trying to appeal to a very small percentage of society. You're going to hurt your own company, your workers, and and the country at large. Well, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I, I understand that that's a significant factor. I, I'm just saying it's not, it's not everything. And that, of course, CEOs are going to be fine. They're going to go wherever and do whatever. And they, they will have nothing to cry about. Right. They're not the ones that are going to get hurt in any right. situation. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's remiss to not factor in the significance that middle America is disappearing. Their their target market traditionally is starting to disappear uh, because it's being enforced on them. So I... I, I just think there are a lot more factors than just blaming uh, camp. Well, the campaign article or you know whatever obviously had a significant decline effect. Right. And I, I'm I'm not saying it didn't, but you know you you can't dismiss that. <laughs> well, you can do whatever you like, but you yeah, can't well, I, dismiss I, the I fact that Maria. well this. Already Maria. overpriced anyway, and yeah, I can't but, uh, afford I it, so I'll buy something else. Right, but Maria, a lot of companies are doing it now. It's not just one. And also, I would not. In other words, if they took a hit in their sales, 
because they were doing something that was really good, right? Really good for society. If they were doing something like they were supporting a cause that was a really great cause, and for some reason they turned certain people off, I say, go, go to hell, to hell with them. You're doing the right thing. But they're not doing the right thing. They're doing the wrong thing. They're doing a woke virtue signaling thing. And a lot of women in that article, remember, it said a lot of women have decided not to drink blood anymore because they're tired of fake women, biological men, mocking them, mocking womanhood, destroying women's sports. They're tired of that. And they're, see they're seeing Bud Light as supporting that, as supporting the destruction of women's rights, as destroying the, 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 the idea of re actual womanhood. So I find it offensive. These women are finding it offensive, right? Uh -huh. So once again, it's not like they were doing something that was so humanitarian and fantastic, and it just turned certain people off. And I'd say, go to hell. It turns you off too bad. They're doing something good for the world. And I, I think a lot of people are overly sensitive. No, I don't think, I don't think it's a matter of being over. Yeah, people are overly sensitive. People are, these days, people seem to be offended by everything. But then there are certain things, Maria, that you should be offended by. And women are offended by, pe by these, these, these transgender people taking over sports, right? This, that's a very big thing. When you're a woman in sports, and that's been your life, and biological men are allowed to defeat you now, because it's the, the case du jour, because this is the virtue signal of the month or the year, that's a bad thing. That hurts you. This hurts women that these uh, female are terrible because they mock women. I never liked the idea. Well, I never liked the idea. I'm, okay? I'm not hurt, but I well, don't, you don't have I'm to not be. represented. Right. You're not representing a lot of people. So, you, know, you represent yourself. You know, I'm almost impossible to offend, but I'll, I'll take off there because I'm curious what Gator might have to hey, say. Look, look who it, it, thank thank, thank okay. you, Mike. All right, Maria. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, and, and he appears. It's been, let's give him a fanfare. Fanfare. How's it going? <laughs> hey, Mike. It's good. You, you? All right. Not bad. Yeah, it's an interesting um, point in time, right? I was having a conversation about this with a few people. And, well, I'll, I'll, I'll start with the three, a, 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 a triple example, right? There's now there's now three live issues running, which are all cross cross fertilized tests of each other, right? What do I mean? You have Riley Gaines, who has literally been attacked, physically assaulted, mm -hmm. blocked into a room, and held for ransom by a very small number of people, who were able to essentially scream, sideline security staff, and actually benefited from a lack of police response, right? And those people were enabled by the institution of the university and a lack of any law enforcement pending whatever Riley Gaines' um, personal legal action drives towards, right? Yes. That's the first case. The second case is, oddly enough, the World Athletics Council, who has done what I believe is the right thing to do which is ban bio-males from competing against bio-females directly in a category called women's sports, right? Mm -hmm. and, they, and they've and they so said, well, it's not necessarily forever, 
but we don't have longitudinal data. We have not performed a proper assessment. No one has of all of the issues around all of these things is complicated and we're going to leave things alone until we do see that. Right. Yes. Now the interesting point about this is that what has the tiny mob done with Riley Gaines? They have literally grossly overstepped the mark and they have performed criminal activities and uh, against her. Right. Mm -hmm. Why can they do that? They can do it because they're enabled by the institutions and the lack of insecurity and the lack of policing. Right. But they haven't got the guts yet to go up against the World Athletics Council. Why? Because the sponsors of those of that tiny minority have not yet prepared effectively or even at all to take on an institution. Because if they are going to take on the World Council for Athlet World Athletics Council. They're going up against people of standing and people who are resourced to defend their position. And that's an example of essentially a, 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 a bunch of screamers victimizing an individual because they think they can get away with it. But when it's put your money where your mouth is, we've yet to see what they're going to do against the World e or Athletics Council. Right. And, the thing about what we're seeing with these with these uh, trans folks lately is that they're the ones who are the most violent, whether it's a major event like a mass shooter in which many of the past mass shooters have been identified as trans uh, or these events where someone goes and uh, protests what they're doing or tries to defend just women's rights and women's rights in sports. They're the ones that are attacking. So these are these are actual trans terrorists. This is how. They serve notice. And remember, we had Daniel talking last week about how he passed a group here in San Francisco who were practicing their method and which their method is, which we have seen on social media, like that guy who holds up those billboards. Yeah, Billboard uh, Chris. Yeah, Billboard Chris, is that they go up and they start chanting, mm. fuck you, fuck yeah. you in your face, spitting in your face, their, their COVID germs <laughs> in your, in your face. And this is their method. So they are basically using violence, uh, violent rhetoric and actual violence to try to get their way until someone stops them. But when someone stops them, then they're called, they're, they're called uh, transphobes and they're accused of a hate crime. Yeah. Right now on calling yesterday, or within the last 48 hours, does somebody held a, a room, somebody now holds a room that covers some of this stuff, right? They, they, they claim to represent some of this community. Yeah, uh, now, um, Karthik was talking about it yesterday. Yeah, now yeah. In the, I heard a bit of it. And in, that, in, that, in the bit that I heard, the, guy, the presenter is a mask fanatic. Right now, believe it or not, like, I mean, he has no evidence. He cannot present what evidence. What a shock. Yeah, but hasn't presented any evidence, just asserts, right? Oh. Now, yesterday he said this. So I was at this amazing rally and, and, and who could do this? I mean, it's in San Francisco or something. Oh. Uh, who, could have, who could have possibly managed to pull all that together and got 4,000 people out? Obviously, it would have been better if more people had worn masks because, I mean, you know, you just need to be able to do that unless, you're wear unless you've got makeup on, <laughs> right? What? Now, exactly, right? <laughs> now, instantaneously, right, he has already trapped himself in a combination of a credibility problem, yeah. a critical analysis problem, and an actual prioritization of whose interests 
are supposed to come first because as a mask fanatic he literally says he tells people on this app right that you should be wearing a mask to enable the adequate light quality of life of that minority of people who are immunocompromised right right and then he but then he says if that, he puts them on the pedestal first but then he subsumes them instantly if you want to wear makeup right that's okay. insane that's his, that that's that's his science hang together that's whatsoever his, that's his science then makeup yeah that's his order of priority yeah. it's me and my makeup first then it's whoever else i say yeah. right that doesn't that's like saying and airlines have said this you have to wear a mask on this plane at all times unless you are eating or drinking or you are in business class or first class and your bed is out and you've laid down yeah none of that makes any sense whatsoever right? of course not well and never he's did. in that camp and yeah, he tries to claim none credibility. of their, none of their quote unquote insane. science ever made sense skater we know that we know that yeah it's um it's a religion to them right it's just faith you know and, so and it doesn't so, need to be so, backed up by facts or science of, of course now now yeah. but this is translating into this movement right and this and the problem is it's an equal rights movement isn't it it's like mm -hmm. do you want equal rights and everybody yeah. get equal rights yeah so if that's if that situation is about is is achieved i don't need to give a shit about mm -hmm. what you tell me your identity is i'm not interested in knowing it I don't right. want to know what your identity is. I don't want to know where you came from. And I don't want to pay any attention to the color of your skin because we live in an equal rights society and we've managed to achieve it. So we never need to have those conversations. Yeah. The only time we need to have those conversations is if somebody is actively provably discriminated against on the grounds of any of these characteristics that we don't discriminate against. And then that gets prosecuted in law and dealt with properly. But, but, but what we don't want and, and this is the mature way of looking at it, in my view, is you don't want to actually be constantly being told, I am yellow, I am white, I am black, and I therefore am entitled to X. And also, I am, I am X binary, non-binary, whatever gender label I am, and you need to know that. Mm -hmm. right? It's like, no, I don't, because, because, because for some reason you are compelled to tell me this, it, where, where, because you believe that my knowledge of it will trigger a treatment of you which is which you demand that's not what equal rights is about right that's not at all what equal rights is about and and, and actually what you should be trying to achieve is total silence because the society just doesn't have prejudice in it at all and they're, they're actually achieving the opposite and and the funniest thing about it is and I don't mean this in a derogatory way. If you actually try to, to check what the percentage of the population is that's actually kind of being claiming to be represented here, it is, I think, is less than 1%. And you're going, well, okay, where's the proportionality in this? Right. And if, it, if the proportionality isn't there, there's something else going on. And if those people are, are no longer subject to the same law as you and I, mm -hmm. there is already an equality, equal rights problem a, a, a appearing immediately. And that all makes the whole thing suspicious. But Gator, uh, as I've said before, they're not looking for equal rights. They're looking for special rights. They want to be treated in a special way, not an equal way. Because we've discussed this. These groups have months 
It's it's this history month. It's this rights week. It's this rights parade. You know, this, so that's not equal. There's no there's no straight rights parade. There's no as I said as I as I jokingly said to Daniel yesterday. We need to can we do a normal person's march, a normal person's parade? We can't do that. You know, there's no white person's parade. There's no heterosexual. There's, it doesn't look. If you want equal rights, as you're, I think you're getting at is you simply just exist along yeah. with everyone else and shut yeah. the fuck up. <laughs> that's it. Ideally, that's what happens in an equal rights society. You, nobody needs to project any any form of right. divisive identity. Right. Indicator. And here's the thing: you go, you look. This is what we talk about: not having equal rights, like uh, slavery, or like the before the civil rights movement. You're black. You have to have these shitty little water fountain, and you know all this. Okay, that's not equal rights. So, if you have a situation where you identify as whatever the fuck you identify as. And you believe you were turned down for a job because of that. You have every right for, to, to bring legal action, bring legal action. If you believe you were discriminated against because you're black, because you're white, because you're trans, because you're gay, because you're bi, because you're a Trump supporter, because you're a Biden supporter, you have every right to sue. You have every right to take legal action and prove that. OK, but other than that, tell me where you don't have your equal rights. Please mm. tell me. This is what I've said. People need to ask these people. What rights don't you have? You can fuck. You can you can get married. You can get a job. Okay. You can own a business. You can uh, be on the can of Bud Light and make ten million dollars doing stupid little dances like you're a six year old girl. What rights don't you have? Let me know. They have yeah, no answer because there are yeah. no rights they don't have. They want to be treated special and they want to sh- shove it in your face and say, "This is what I am, bitch." That's what they want to do. That's not equal rights, okay? Well, that's not equal. Well, rights. that's that's what that's what some individuals are presenting, right? And they are getting a lot of disproportionate airtime, which isn't which is counterproductive because basically, no. I, I disagree with what Maria is saying that Middle America is disappearing because the very definition of Middle America is essentially anything non-coastal that's a, that's in a city, right? That's not disappearing anytime soon, right? And population demographics take multiple generations to be re-engineered right so it's not disappearing in the next 10 years and the problem you've got now is the building backlash because there's two things to to have a backlash against the total lack of defensible logic in a lot of this argument of general wokeness it it doesn't work It, it doesn't actually hang together you require you need to have cognitive dissonance to entertain all of this because as soon as you start analyzing it, it just goes, it collapses. But also, because you now have a, a direct sub, subsuming of women's rights, because essentially a man can undermine a woman's rights by simply saying, I am a woman. And a woman could technically do that to men as well. But funnily enough, there seems to be a lot less women who do that that way than mm. there are men doing it the other way. Right. And I believe that it's now demonstrably provable that there is a building backlash in, in, in bio females against this. And two women I was talking to today about this were talking about that room in calling and they both said this. They both had things that they would have said, but they felt intimidated by the people, the pro trans people in that room. And they believed that they would be essentially attacked mm-hmm. um, if they spoke up. Right now, what that proves is that their entire environment that they are, that these people have created is not inclusionary; it's exclusionary. 
Right. And what they also did was that the guy hosting the room said, if, if these people don't go along with what I agree, what I think, then I just think of them as fascists and Nazis. Right. Now, if you think about that, okay, there's two things going on. One of them is the clear misuse of those terms. No one's a fascist or a Nazi. Because they disagree with you. Yeah. Right. With those issues. (laughs) Right. So, but, but what they used as by this guy is the attack vector and the instant shutdown label in exactly the same way as misusing the term anti-Semite because screaming fascism and screaming Nazism at somebody whilst other people are around shuts down the brain and the ability inside the person you're screaming at and then it also publicly labels them as something which is essentially a form of one of the worst worst names you could call people in political terms which then prejudices the room against them right it's an absolutely standard tactic to shut down people with weak arguments resort to those tactics very quickly and they're already at that level or he is right Mm -hmm. and the people that you saw in that video are as well that tells you the quality of their movement is piss poor and they're going to have to fix that or they're going to suffer the consequences. Well, what I want, you, you, you bring up this thing. You said, you said this before, like it's just a small portion of these people who are very loud. Well, okay, fine. Then what we need, as I have said before, are people in that, uh, I don't want da- I don't want P- Daniel and others in that quote unquote community, not a real community, but as they call themselves, people who consider themselves trans or whatever to come out and say, this doesn't represent most of us. This doesn't represent us. This is the way, like I said, when people in that arena come out and say, this is not representative of us. We just want to exist. We want to just blend into the fabric of society. And these people are jokes. Those people need to come out and talk against these folks. Okay. Well, actually, you know what? I can send you a link right very shortly. I'll send you on a DM. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a call in room with a guy called Scott Nugent, who was on Matt Walsh's, What's a woman? And he's the guy who transitioned from a woman to a man and regretted it, right? And right. he's now the guy speaking up against this. And he's on this, he's in an interview, and I got to ask him some questions directly. He was really good to engage with. And I asked, the first question I asked him was very deliberate. I asked him, do you feel that Matt Walsh and the edit of that film correctly and fairly represented your your posi- your actual position mm-hmm. and he said yes and i asked that specifically so that i could engage with him on a good faith basis knowing that what i saw of his position on that film was right because the one thing you don't want to do is be mis- is is know that matt walsh actually misrepresented this guy and his detransition argument because it would have devalued the whole thing. And Scott went, no, 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 it was, it was fair. He, he put me in, he painted me in the correct way and the edit was fine, right? And that legitimizes everything that you saw in that film from his point of view. And he was really good to listen to in this, in this conversation because he, he, he is one of the people. I mean, I don't know how many people he represents, right? He might just be really representing himself very loudly. It's hard to know. But he is one of the people who is making this argument saying we're being misrepresented. This movement and these, these voices are not entirely representational, particularly when it comes to children and sexualization of children. So it's worth you watching because um, it will at least give you some respite and think, well, yeah, <laughs> there are people in the community who are different. Well, also like Caitlyn Jenner is great also, you know, and uh, that's actually a better 
I guess, example, because there's someone who transitions and, and I guess hasn't regretted it, but speaks out against this ridiculousness of, of this wokeness and this intrusion into female sports and the mocking of women, you know, and I think that's, she's also a good spokesperson um, for the community. Of, of course, what the community, once again, in quotes, will do is paint her into a corner as a crazy Trumper right winger. And that's their game, right? That's their game. When someone comes out and actually makes sense, someone who's gone through that process mm-hmm. makes sense and says, no, no, this is not what this is what's supposed to be about. This is not about like, you know, pushing yourself, looking for special rights, looking to take over women's sports, looking to mock women. That's not what we drew. That's not what, that's not what this is all about here. This is about just feeling better. But yeah. who you are. Well, they just put them into a corner and say, oh, you're a crazy right wing nut job. Well, OK, there's two two other things I forgot to say. There was a third example that I just became aware of the other day. And it was literally a guy. He might have been Australian or he might have been Kiwi. I can't remember. but Or he might have been American. I can't remember now. But he literally, as a protest. Oh, no, no, he was Canadian. He was Canadian, I think. Mm-hmm. As a protest, he literally just declared himself a woman and <laughs> turned up at a powerlifting competition. And he, mm-hmm. and he obviously shat on the female power, uh, bench press category, right? Because he's a bloke, right? Of course. And he did that because the rules could not stop him because the rules were if you self-identify as a woman, you're in this category. And he just did it, right? And, and he turned up looking like a bearded bloke and, he, and, and, and totally just being himself, right? And all he'd done was he'd, he, had, he, he had followed the rules and identified, which made an absolute mockery of, of the rules and the competition. That was the first thing. The second thing is that, um, you, you know, this idea that essentially you can be attacked in this movement. Well, you can use the movement's own ridiculous setup against it, because all you do when you begin a conversation is you just go, well, look, you know, I'm 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 X identity. You can you could say, you know, I'm non-binary or I am something that's not that's not straight. Right. And then as soon as you've done that, you then speak whatever you want to, to say. And mm-hmm. the one thing that you have robbed them of is their ability to call you a transphobe or anything like that, because you have adopted their own identity language. And they can, there's no way that they can question whether your identity, your assumed identity or declared identity is true or false, because that's how loose it is. And that's the way to defeat the attacks from them because you can just go well no look i'm a you know i'm a whatever but i still think that there's problems in our movement and as soon as they do you do that you can't be attacked in the way that they've attacked straight people or non-declarables non-declaring people yeah i think biological women like riley Gaines, they need to be more of that they need to be that in numbers they need to do marches and demonstrations for women's rights and, and put it, put them back on their heels, if you will, if you will, um, no pun intended, by saying, look, women's rights matter. Women's rights matter. They love their chance, right? Women's rights matter. And they do. They once did and they still do. And stop this invasion of women's rights. They, these are basic. It's, what this basically is, is biological men finding a way to dominate women. In a, in a woke virtue signaling way and not be called out on it. Not just not be called out on it, but to be, you know, applauded by some people. And yeah. this has to stop. It, it will stop. It will stop when enough women, biological women, come out from all sides of the political spectrum and come out and say, we're not going to stand for this anymore. 
we're not going to stand for you doing this. And yeah. uh, we're not going to stand for you, you showing your penises to our girls in their locker rooms, finding a way to do that legally. It's not, we're not going to let you do this anymore. You have to have to put their what this what this um, movement to trans movement with these people, these very loud, obnoxious people are trying to do is they're always on the offensive because they always play the victim, even when they are the attacker, even when they go into a school, a Christian school and kill children, they play the victim. They're they're great at playing the victim. So when you try to fight back, they say you, they, they, they play the victim. So they're always on the attack. They know they can get away with it because people will take their bullying and they won't punch back. We have to start punching back. But when biological women start punching back, that's when things will change. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just leave on this. Right? But unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, Gator, before you talk, I'm seeing too many biological women who are on their side. That's the, that's well, the problem. Yeah, but look, also, it's about disproportionality, isn't it? You know that this is being disproportionately pushed in the media to -hmm. create a perception that it's actually a lot bigger than it is. And that has has a magnetic effect anyway, right? Mm -hmm. That that Mm -hmm. isn't really true, right? Because, Because what you're seeing in the way it's being represented is misrepresented. That's the bending of the media because the media is essentially co-opted into this, right? Right. But there's, but I'll, I'll leave on this example, right? Mm-hmm. Just listen to this phrase and imagine if this was me saying this, right? I- imagine if I was trying to characterize womanhood and this is what I said. Well, I've already cried three times, written a scathing email I didn't send, ordered dresses online that I couldn't afford. And when someone asked me how I was, I said, quote, I'm fine, unquote, but I wasn't fine. How did I do, ladies? Imagine if I said that, that was what typified womanhood. Do you think I would be accurate, or do you think I would be using sex- sexist tropes? The sexist tropes, of course. Tropes. Guess who said that? Yeah, who said it? Have a guess. Oh, I don't know. Um, I, I, tell me. Dylan Mulvaney. Oh, Dylan Mulvaney. I was just going to say either that or Jeffrey Marsh. Yeah. Okay, so Dylan on his Mulvaney. day one okay. of being yeah. a girl. Yeah. Well, right. That, that, look, when you. What 26-year-old woman does videos dancing like an 8-year-old girl? Who, what, what actual biological woman does that? None of them. Only these trans women do that. And it's, it's, it's embarrassing. It's insulting. And like I said, Maria might not be insulted. Some women might say, whatever, let them do what they want. But it gets to the dangerous part when they are able to do things like you said, like have a bloke um, take over and dominate them in sports simply because that person is able to say, I identify as a woman. So can Mike Tyson do that? I said this yesterday on the show. Can Mike Tyson or someone like that say, I identify as a woman and then go punch a woman out in the boxing That's area? Yeah, that's already happened in UFC and a woman, uh, a, 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 the, the, the competitor has smashed two people's skulls. Oh, oh, I, I thought two, once that, two, two I thought biological once that female schools. I thought once that stuff started happening, this might end, but it hasn't, huh? No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a hiding to nothing. It, it, it ultimately is, a, is it, the way that this is working now is it will destroy itself within five years. Right. I hope you're right. And, and, and the problem is that you will be left with the same equal rights issue that you have today. It will mm. just have gone through a way of prosecuting that for no reason. So it's like the Ukraine war. You didn't have to fight it. 
You just had to be sensible about it at the beginning, yeah. which was just a boring equal rights thing until some sponsor got hold of it and politicized it. And that's what's happening. Right. So I've, I've just chucked two articles in that would be very interesting to you. Got the it. critic is about Dylan Mulvaney. And then there's another one by Schellenberger and two others who have said, why is it, who were asking the question, why are trans groups attacking women? And it, there's some interesting issues that they bring up there. But yeah, enjoy. Take Thanks. it easy, Mike. Thanks, Gator. Good to hear from you. You know, I remember Rush Limbaugh saying, um, remember Rush would say, the feminazis, the feminazis. And that was when, like, these women were pushing too hard, right, in a Nazi-like fashion for women's rights. Get out of, get out of our way. <laughs> Boy, do we long for the days of the feminazis. We need to, maybe we need them to come back now and fight against these people because they were pretty good at what they did. Hey, Daniel, how's it going? It's going okay. Yeah. Here's what I want to implore of my friends at Let's Be Heard. Um, <laughs> Why well, so formal? Uh, the podcast, Let's Be Heard. What? Go ahead. <laughs> so please um, do not adopt uh, this strange language. Um, what I'm language? Seeing, I'm seeing people on Let's Be Heard even um, using <laughs> using absurd language. Um Addressing, calling women biological women. There's only one type of woman. I know. Woman. But you know what I'm saying. People I, know well, what I'm saying. I know, but, you, but this, 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 is, this is meeting them halfway there where you shouldn't be moving one, one iota on this dial, calling them biological women, calling real women, <laughs> calling women biological women yeah. is, is, is meeting them halfway there toward their insanity of calling themselves women. So you're, you're making a distinction between women and biological women where there is no distinction. Well, that, no, no. That, that is what they want you to do. So do not do, please don't, don't do that is what I'm asking. Yeah, I, I get it in a way, in a, in a way I don't. You understand what I'm saying? In a way I understand what you're saying. There's only one kind of women and one kind of men. They're not biological, they're men, men and women, period. But it 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 delineates between Riley Gaines and Dylan Mulvaney, right? Dylan so you Mulvaney, called you call Dylan Mulvaney a dude or a man? You call you call uh, Riley Gaines a woman, and, and, and you don't and you don't play the game. There's there's men, there's women, right? That's but it. If, I, if if you, if you start calling them biological women, then you're automatically saying. That there is some other type of woman. There is not. There's fake women. This there's not they're not fake women. They're not women. They're men. <laughs> no, meet, but you're fake. You're pretending to be a woman. There aren't women. They aren't fake no, women. They aren't I know. women. Daniel. Daniel, we're playing the silly game. But you can well, pretend. You that's can wait point. a minute. Daniel. Daniel, you can dress up in women's clothes, in high heels and stockings, and play a woman. An actor can play a woman. D uh, what's his name? D Dustin Hoffman did it in Tootsie. Played a woman. Not a real woman. Played a woman, right? A fake woman. A man playing a woman. So that's what Dylan Mulvaney is. A man playing a woman, right? I'm, I am criticizing your use of the term biological women. And if you use the word biological women, that automatically tells... That this, it's a game with language that they obviously want to play. And... and, it, and it's it really, really, really. Um, but 
it's you you're doing it, it you're doing the the um the fight and this is a fight really for children who who cares what these people call themselves i'm not going to call whatever they i'm not going to call them what they want me to call call them but they, i'm going to call them what i see i'm going to call them what Mulvaney... i objectively think they are what what the important fight is here is children and, and children that get wrapped up in the social contagion and then hurt themselves by by yeah. by allowing by allowing their bodies to be mutilated or being uh, given uh, hormones, this is this is who this is who we should be fighting for. And when we start changing language, and these kids start here as changing these language, changing language, and using terms like biological women, and they automatically think, okay, there's two types of women now. No, we should not ever let that thought sink get into their heads ever. There I is one that. type of woman, but once again. I agree with you, obviously, but we do live. I want to live in the real world, not necessarily the world we want. And in this world we're living in now, this real world, this is a real thing that's happening. Right. So I think when I say that most people, I don't think six year olds are listening to this show, but they can if they want. But I, 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 I'd have to question their parents. But uh, I think most people, adults who listen, understand what I'm saying. And Dylan Mulvaney. But that's not the point. Mark. Oh, wait Mark. a minute. Dylan Mulvaney. Doesn't Dylan Mulvaney believe he she's a biological woman? That she D- was Dylan, born a woman, no, really? No, D- D- Dylan Mulvaney, he's just a con artist out well, there those trying people, to make, people like make some Dylan money. He saw, he saw an opportunity to make money. And and and, uh, and he's right. He could make money. The guy the guy was, as, as far as, uh, as selling himself, um, <laughs> who knows what this guy did before he, before he decided to take on this project. But it is an absolute brilliant moneymaker, and I'm sure he's laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. The point that I'm trying to make here, Mike, is that language is important, and that is what they want us to make sacrifices with, is language, because they want to redefine what a woman is. That is their entire goal. Yes, that's true. I'll give you that. And, 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 if, yeah. and, if, you, and if you allow them to, to call women anything, if you start using language other than just woman to... to, to um, to, uh, to describe or delineate women, then you are you are already caving in to their language, and that is where the fight is at this point, and that is almost entirely the fight. I, they can get... I would disagree there. It's more it's more cultural than just using a line, a word. I don't think I don't think that well, they, what they want is to they would be very happy with women. our take on them, regardless of language. You know, I think we make it pretty clear. As to where we believe that "quote unquote" community, I'm not actually calling it a community. Don't get on my case, Daniel. The "quote unquote" community they believe it is. I don't think they would enjoy our stance on it, regardless if I use the term "biological woman" or not. You know, so but I understand what you're saying. I get it. Language, <clears throat> language is important, and you've you've made that clear with COVID too. Language bothers you, yeah, when you talk about COVID. Uh, and, and and it's how it's it's how they spread fear. It's how they um, spread ignorance. Um, it was with, with with changing language. I mean, with I mean, think about you know how they they like one of the initial things that they did to 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 spread fear was the repeated repeated over and over and over again novel coronavirus novel coronavirus novel 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 i know, there, I know. yeah but... and once and once that term novel sunk into people said they started thinking oh it's novel therefore not even people who are infectious disease experts not even people who are epidemiologists not even physicians 
Nobody knows anything about yeah. this novel virus because it's novel. We don't uh-huh. know anything about it. Right. As, as though right. as though as though coronaviruses didn't exist before. They might as well just call them mysterious virus. But they exactly they might, well, might as well call it the death virus. That and 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 yeah. you know and, and then people. I mean, what so if, language is extremely extremely important, especially yeah. for people that are you uneducated. know you're a great scientist, Daniel. Did you know that makeup protects you from COVID? You don't need a mask if you have makeup. Did you know that? <laughs> okay, okay, that's a new one. I, I, I haven't even, I, I haven't even seen that on uh, libs for TikTok. <laughs> libs of TikTok, yeah. <laughs> the, okay, the, the other point I want to make another language point is that uh, what I heard Gator do, and and, and um, I don't know if he was even doing it. I, I'd like to uh, to hear from him if he knew he was doing it, but um, he spoke. Well, I think of, we just uh, we reflexively, to your dismay, use that language. Well, he spoke. He spoke of uh, Scott Nugent, the uh, star of uh, What Is a Woman, Matt Walsh's yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and he kept on referring to to Scott Nugent as he or him. Right. This is what a is, mutilated woman. What is Scott Nugent? A mutilated a mutilated woman. woman. Oh, okay, okay, and, and and regretfully so. Regretfully so. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. but G- G- I don't. I'd really like to know from Gator. Did Gator know he was doing that? Because this is what I'm talking about here. Language is very very powerful, and when we start using it, even without our knowledge of the word, the fact that we're using these terms that we actually object to, they are halfway there toward manipulating our minds once they can ma- manipulate language. Mm. No, you're right. So you, 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 can't, you can't you give an inch. I'm not saying you know a point, but I'm saying sometimes when I get a little loose or or uh, lazy with the language, yeah, it's all right. You know, you don't need to go that crazy over it because people. No, know I, I, yeah, I disagree. I disagree on that. Um, it's all not. Right. It's not being crazy. It's just. Just think: Would you ever have used these terms even three or four years ago? No, would no, you ever no. Ever been saying biological woman? No, no. You simply wouldn't have. No, but and also I want to make it clear: If someone like Dylan Mulvaney or anyone wants to pretend to be a woman by dressing up in woman's clothes, acting feminine or whatever this person thinks. And this obviously not a method actor doesn't know actually, actually what it takes to play a woman and make it convincing. They can do that in their own time. People can do what they want. They can live in their own reality if they want. But it's when you start pushing it in our faces and saying we have to accept that reality. That's when the problem occurs. Yes. And there was a, a case that was um, successfully, um, uh, uh, there, there's a um, shoot by a woman about two years ago. Um, I think she worked in, she had some sort of administrative position at a university. I can't remember exactly which university or, the, or her title, um, but she had some sort of administrative position. She refused to use a person's pronouns, and she won the case um, based on uh, um, freedom of speech. And um, and, and her, her whole case was based on the fact of you can call yourself he, him, she, mm-hmm. he. Whatever mm-hmm. you want to call yourself, you cannot compel me. Of course not. To use speech that I do not want to use. That is so, so unconstitutional. It's just unbelievable how, how unconstitutional that is. I mean, it's so she, she, she slammed dunk on, on the case. But unfortunately, that's, that's what, it, that's what yeah. it, that's, but that's have what, you seen 
these companies. That's what, that and child mutilation yeah. are really the two, two, only two issues. If people want to go dance around in their tutu in the park and yell, fuck you, fuck you, you know, <laughs> like, like they were practicing over in the panhandle a couple weeks ago, you know, knock yourself out. Just don't get in my face with it. Just don't tell me I have to use your pronouns because, hey, you're not going to control my language. And certainly do not get out there and spread this social contagion amongst children. Who, do, who don't understand the, yes. the, the who are getting manipulated by these um, these subtle changes in language and right. do not understand even what sex is before they try to change it and mutilate it. No, absolutely. And even there, I use the term. I said, try to change it, sex, as though you can change it. No, you can't. You can only mutilate it. I know. But here's the thing also, Daniel. This is nothing. If you want to dress up like a woman and play act as a woman and pretend to be a woman, I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. But it's certainly also, on the other hand, not anything to be necessarily proud of. And these people want to say, we're proud of doing this and we want to shove it in your faces. Like I said, this is who we are, bitch. If you don't like it, a few, a few, a few, a few. This is the problem. This is why. You use the term, like Rush Limbaugh used the term feminazis. It's like you're shoving this in our faces. And when you do that, when you have to do that, you're showing that you're incredibly insecure in who you are. Because if you're secure in who you are, you just go about doing what you do quietly. Exactly, 100%. And if they want to be loud about it, yeah, it's their right to be loud about it, too. That's freedom of speech. It's also our right to get loud right back at them. It's also our right not to use their, their damn pronouns because you can't force me to, to use language that you want me to use. But it's did I just also see our right to protect yeah, children. But did I just it's, see Goldman Sachs put out something to their employees telling them what words to use and pronouns they must use in the company? Yeah, 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 and and whether a company can get, can get away with this in this other case that I was talking about it was a university, so it was a publicly funded institution. Whether a private company can even get um, get away with this, we will see. And this is this is this is telling people that um, they have no legitimate right to their own thoughts. Right. Yeah. Well, I I can't imagine it being constitutional where your company can tell you what what words come out of your mouth. <laughs> I can't imagine that would hold up. So, yeah. so we'll it's, it, it, it's, it's essentially telling you that, um, sorry, it's our company policy for, for now on. We're going to uh, refer to the microwave oven in the lounge area as a basketball. You well, know. the, the, the yeah. lawsuits will happen if these companies start firing people for not using the words they want them to use. That's when... We'll see if these companies have the balls to do that kind of thing. And if they do, then we'll see the lawsuits flying. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole transgender thing, and this, the language is very important here because the whole transgender thing is really about redefining something, yeah. redefining what a woman is, redefining what a man is. It's very simple. If you produce sperm, that is the, uh, the male gamete, you are most definitely a man. Mm. If, you, if you produce over if you have ovaries and produce ova you are most definitely a woman there is no, there is no problem with those yes. definitions whatsoever God. we get to make up definitions in science and in language in general and we make up those definitions because they are useful to us these are the definitions that we have that we have used forever 
in yeah. the, on this planet. And and for somebody to come along and say, yeah, we want to change all that. You know, all you have to do is say to them, no, we're not going to. Fuck off. And this is what I said the other day. We're, we're, the, the, getting engaged in them, with getting engaged in sincere arguments with them is just ludicrous. When, two, when, when, when you argue with the fool, there are two. And so you just don't engage. You just say, oh, you want me to change the woman definition of a man? No, I'm not going to do that. Sorry. Next. I agree. Absolutely. Daniel, thanks for the call. I yeah. appreciate it. Thanks. Now that we get a language. Daniel's the language police. That's all right. I understand it. I get it. All right. Now let's go to someone who I believe, I believe, produces sperm. Karthik. How are you, Karthik? Karthik. Maybe he doesn't. Karthik, are you there? Dude, that's like the hey. worst introduction to anyone. You're going to bring me up by saying I produce sperm? Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> that's it's called a transition, babe. Come on. It's called a transition. Uh, I, I, I don't think transition is a good term either in the context that we're <laughs> talking about. I got, you know what? This is, what is, it, what is this, the word police tonight? I can't say things? It's not, this is what a, I don't have the constitutional right to say what I want? Oh, God. Um, anyway. Uh, Karthik, how do you, you identify as a man, right? I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, say it, I'll, I'll say it in the woke way. I'll be woke. I don't identify as a man. I am a man. Oh, so close-minded of you. So close-minded. No, okay. I, I will have one disagreement um, with you and Daniel, what you said recently, or right now, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Like, I do think there are people that are actually trans. Like, throughout history, there's you know, there's been lots of um, reports of people being trans, and also in, in indigenous cultures, you know, there's also well, indigenous. You mean trans. like born with different parts? What do you mean? No, you no, mean? no, no. You're talking about intersex. You know, what I'm saying is that you know, throughout history, there have always been a small percentage of people, like one percent or less, or point five, or whatever small number you want to pick. That mm -hmm. hey, there are some people that whose um, sex is male, but you know they identify as female. Um. And the opposite, obviously, you know, there are people that are, you know, born female, but biological females that uh, identify as males. So, but yeah, but I agree with you that all this crazy shit, like all this culture war stuff. Yeah, that's definitely new in the last, let's say, five, seven, eight years. Yeah, like, like and all these uh, names or terms like, 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 have you ever heard the term AMAB or AFAB? I think so. Yeah. What's, yeah what's which means assigned male at birth, which just sounds so ridiculous. Like, I, oh. I don't know how you can be assigned male you you are male or female you know you are who you are yeah does the doc does the does the doctor who gives birth who helps your mother give birth assign you as something randomly uh, I, well i guess so because because obviously somebody writes it on your birth certificates maybe not the doctor writes it but, but somebody writes it so maybe yeah. not the doctor but is that going to be illegal from that one now the doctors can't write male female on the birth certificate anymore they have to leave no, it no, open no, no for, as far as i know there's no problem with that um, yet yeah hopefully um. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, what, what, so Gator was talking about that room you were in. Yeah, the room you God. spoke about yesterday about the trans stuff. Are you talking about the what one with uh, Brianna Joy Gray? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, that was like uh, there is these people that like want a gender neutral sports, and I feel like that's like the the uh, uh, the height of lunacy to want gender neutral sports. Do you see how um, uh, ridiculous that sounds? Of course. Of course. They yeah. also want gender-neutral clothing. They want gender-neutral toys 
and gender-neutral children's clothing. They want all that stuff, gender-neutral. Once okay. again, they want to create their own insane reality. And I will not participate in that. And so Daniel has a point when he talks about language because you're kind of involuntary, uh, involuntarily participating in their madness when you say things like biological male instead of just man or a biological woman or just woman, you know. No, Mike, that biological male is actually considered very offensive. Oh, I, I, that's Do you know what why I'm thinking too. Daniel, Daniel said no, we shouldn't say it, you know. So. Do you know why the term is considered offensive? Why? Um, oh, yeah, Maria. Yeah, you're right. But I'm pretty sure that's under um, the the uh, umbrella term mm. of um, intersex, actually. And by the way, um, uh, I'm not I'm being serious here, actually. Uh, to many people, uh, hermaphroditic is actually considered offensive. But not only offensive, it's actually considered not correct because of the definition of hermaphrodite means that you're like completely half and half male and female yeah and nobody can actually be like 50 percent male and 50 percent female um but anyway um what, what, what were we talking about mike sorry I, I just wanted to respond to maria oh just the, just the trans stuff i mean that you know gator was in that same room you were in yeah oh gator uh and... do you mean the room with lysol or the room that we were in gator what room were you talking about what did you just say yep he said yep uh, are you talking so, yeah, about the one that's Lysol or us? I don't know. Not big. I'm not not waiting for him to respond. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know. Obviously, you weren't there, man. Dude, Mike, you know, I'm, I'm kind of happy you weren't in the room with Bree yesterday. Because mm -hmm. I guarantee you, man, that would have driven you crazy. Like, you would have been like in the chat, motherfucker, cut. Do you think I'm insane? That's why I don't go into, I don't go into these rooms that are going to no, 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 no. What I'm saying is it would drive China. you insane. It, it, it would send you to, to the nearest uh, asylum. <laughs> I live in one. It's called San Francisco. Okay, you know what I mean. Yes, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, so uh, well, what have you guys been talking about tonight? She was very. She was very wishy washy as Bernie Sanders. Yeah, no, honestly, no, because okay, I'm not sure. I, I, I feel that because I've talked to her a few times and I feel like Brie is actually much more rational, but the problem is, you know. Um, she has to accommodate, you know, every little interest group and she has to, like, and she doesn't want to offend anybody, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, and I, I think that's a problem with some lefties where it's like now, like you have to pass every little, uh, litmus test or whatever purity test, you know? And if you don't tolerate and accept every little thing, then you're considered the, uh, turf or whatever, um, hateful or, uh, X, Y, Z term, let's say. Yeah. Right. Well, I think, you know, mostly, that's what we've been talking about today is the transgender stuff and uh, the Riley Gaines being attacked and uh, the downfall of San Francisco. And yet Gavin Newsom's going around the country telling everyone else how to do their job. You know, it's the usual, it's the usual craziness. It's the usual craziness. But I came up with a theory. I'm going to run this theory by you. My theory is, is that Joe Biden, the reason why we're seeing Gavin Newsom going around the country is Joe Biden has already told him behind the scenes that he's not going to run. It's going to be his nomination. You know, the Democrats annoying people they want to run. They're not a fair primary system. And, uh, and so get out there and start doing your thing. And that maybe in, you know, the late summer, early fall, Biden will make it official that he's not running. He'll blame his age or whatever it may I, be. I don't know, man. I, I don't and think Newsom's going to be the nominee. 
you know, I you you know that there's infighting in politics. You know, they they, they don't agree on uh, well, they uh, agree on the big issues, but in terms of the the uh, 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 procedural stuff, mm. um, sometimes there is uh, infighting. You know, yeah. But I think the, the DNC thinks Newsom is the guy to go to. Oh, do I think that the DNC would rather have Newsom? Yeah, obviously. Oh, so I, I think so. I think I think they've all decided. It. I think they've gotten together with Biden and Gavin. And then, uh, and they've had conversations. No, I about it. no, I I think it's possible that Newsom could be the nominee in twenty eight. I guess no, but he wouldn't be go. I don't think I, I don't think I, he'd be doing all this six years ahead of time. I no, think he would no, wait. It's possible, long. man. Yeah. Uh, the uh, a lot of these people that run for office, they they uh, what's the term? Whatever they 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 start the steps many years early, mm. um, yeah. and sometimes they don't decide to run. Like like I sometimes it's two years, sometimes it's all right. I, I, I I'm staying sick with my prediction. We'll okay. So we'll Mike, uh, do you think that uh, if Trump and um, sorry if DeSantis runs against Trump, which you know I'm sure he will, do you think he can win? Of course, I've said it a million times. Yeah. You don't yeah. think that that the cult of Trump is too strong? No, I don't. Not in the end. Okay. Not in the end. No. It's it's a it's a a strong cult. So, but I think a lot of those people are going to break off when they see that Biden will do much, or Newsom, whoever, will do much better against Trump than DeSantis. I think that will get them to vote for Ron DeSantis because they're going to want to win, you know. And I think as DeSantis can, starts running a campaign, the polls will start coming out showing him beating Biden. We've already seen polls. I mean, the guy's not even in yet. And we've seen state polling where he beats Biden in states where, you know, Trump doesn't. So it's it's just a matter of time before the campaigns get going and the debates get going and people start seeing the data. And I think enough I think he'll be able to break off enough uh, Trump supporters and also get independents to vote like myself. Look, an independent like myself who will be voting in the Republican primary for the first time, I think we'll find a lot of that. There'll be a lot of independents who are going to vote in a Republican primary for the first time to make sure Trump isn't the nominee and they'll vote for DeSantis. It's possible. Uh, well, Maria, the uh, real answer, the answer to your question is that uh, so, so that no confidence vote uh, only exists in, in, in our parliamentary systems and not the system we have. So that's the answer to your question, Maria. No confidence votes are in parliamentary systems. We have impeachment here. Yeah. Or in places like California, you can do recalls. Well, you, you can do recalls in many states, not just California. No, no, I'm saying there's some New York. You can't. There's some states you can't. Yeah, no. You, saying, but uh, on a federal level, yeah. you can't do recalls. You can only do impeachments. So that's that's a an issue. It's very hard to impeach someone. You know? Oh, it's also very hard to recall somebody too, as we saw with Newsom. Although Chesapudin was, you know, what. Chesapudin, I mean, a liberal DA in a liberal city was recalled. When things get bad enough, it can happen. You know, when things get bad enough, it can happen. So that's it's always an option. You know, it should be an option. That's one thing California gets right. Recalling should be an option in every state. If the people get together and get enough, it's very hard. People don't realize. Look, they didn't make it, supposedly. I think there was cheating in L.A. with Gascon. It's very hard to get that threshold of getting enough signatures where you can get the recall on the ballot. So, you know, you got to get the signatures, then you got to have the election. So it isn't an easy process. Democrats, because they're the ones that lose recently in recalls, are all the ones who were they try to recall. 
um, are saying, oh, no, it's not fair. It's not fair. Well, it's very. Neeson won the recall. He won easily by. No, but the Democrats complain because they're the ones who are the targets lately of all the recalls, successful or not, that they want to get rid of the process or make it much tougher. But it's already a very tough process. And I think it's part of democracy. I don't think because you win a two, four or six year term, you should be able to be a disaster and not be able to be recalled. You should we shouldn't be stuck with a total disaster for several years. We should be we should have a process where the people can say, you're not doing the job you said you're going to do. You lied and we're going to get rid of you. You know, that should be the case everywhere. And that's the kind of look. I don't know that much about the parliamentary system. Maybe you know more, Karthik. But isn't that part of that process there of having no confidence? We've lost confidence in the person who was elected? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So. But also, uh, in terms of no confidence, it, it, it's the politicians doing it. It's not us. So it would be like, you know, the uh, de- Democrats in Congress. It's just, it's just easier. No confidence it's easier Biden. than to impeach. It's an it's a easier process than impeachment. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, but anything else on your mind, Karthik? Uh, well, no, the, uh, I, it's the reverse. So what have you been talking about for two hours? I just told you. I just did a recap. Of course, uh, if you were listening, we go through this all the time. If you were listening, you'd know. Well, Mike, Newsom, I'm talking Newsom, to my people on I know here. You're, I know you're very busy. Uh, Newsom, I, I have a New- set group of uh, tight-knit friends on here, you know, including oh, please. Maria has been get, listening get, get the whole time. Maria can give you the rundown of what we talked about. I was, she, I was talking to other people, man. You know, I uh, I can't be here all the time, you know, like, like you, you know? Yeah, so, Mike, know. when are you going to change the show to like 9 p.m.? Okay? Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> That's it. You know what you do? This is what you do, Karthik. If you're really into this, I want you to write to David Sachs, who owns this network, owns this app. Uh, yeah. uh, and say, you know, we want Mike. We love Mike. We love and let's be heard. He's been on your network for over a year now, five days a week. And we want to hear more of him. We want him on earlier. But, you know, that would be like a life change for him. So maybe you should pay him a little bit because you, uh, you're a multi-billionaire. You're a multi-billionaire, you know. And if he does that, if enough people write to him, maybe it'll happen. And maybe I'll be Mike, on- there's not enough people uh, listening to you in order to get them to uh, tweet out to David Sachs or whatever, you know? That's because those true. things, okay. That's not true. That's not true. No, no, no. Okay. If, he heard, if he heard from 10 people, it would be a big deal. It'd no, I feel like deal. it would take hundreds of people. Nah, nah. No one tweets to him about calling. He has other businesses. No, no, no. No I, one tweets to him. Oh, about yeah, and Maria, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on the ballot. Yeah. Have I, you I, listened I'm to sure. David uh, David's oh. po- podcast on here? Oh, does he have a show on here? No. All, I, in, all no. in? No, I didn't know that. No, I'm not familiar with it. Well, what does he talk about? I don't know. Well, he's a center-right guy, very much. I think his thing, I don't want to sound ignorant, but I think his thing is very much against the Ukraine situation, against us. Okay, is he like but, a uh, libertarian guy? I think so, yeah, yeah. I say center-right, libertarian. Yeah, I think so. But I think his big thing, his issue now is all the money Ukraine? we're giving to them. We shouldn't be doing it. Well, yeah, no, no, and I know, like, some people think we're just giving it as a handout to um, Zelensky, and I feel like that's like it, it's even it's it's much much worse than what people think it is. It's just a uh, upward transfer of wealth, you know, for oil once again, and because of the pipeline, and also to the MIC, you know, and also um, because uh, R- Russia's economy is only getting bigger and bigger, and we need to 
preserve, you know, our hegemony that the U.S. has, you know? So it's a way to weaken them, except it's backbite. It's not really weakening them. It's just yeah. making Russia stronger. Right. And this is how all empires end, you know, whether it's the Roman Empire or the British Empire, they all tend to end with giant amounts of income inequality and also uh, never-ending, you know, militarism, you know, war, stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do, you think, do you think in Ukraine they care much about the trans issue? Dude, the uh, well, I'm sure I'm sure the Nazis are, don't give a shit. No, well, think about that kind of social issue stuff. The State Department has issued warnings to black people not to go there, and saying that if you go there, you you could be called N word. So no, no, but it, it, why are these ridiculous social issues with these fringe groups so big in this country and nowhere else? Right? Uh, yeah, it's it's very much like a Western thing, like U.S. and Western Europe. You know? Yeah, oh, yeah especially very, here, especially yeah. here. It seems like even more here than Canada. Well, okay. I, I feel like to us, we probably feel it more than the rest of the country because you know, we're in California. And especially you, I, I don't live in San Francisco, but you live there. And, I, and I'm sure like San Francisco is probably like the most hardcore, um, you know, I, identity politics city. In the, maybe the biggest. I don't know. It's, it's either San Francisco or New York, I would imagine. Probably, like, oh, the, it's here, baby. No. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't live where you live. So, um, I know you live in SoCal, SoCal. Yeah, and SoCal is like some parts are you know hard, but okay, I would imagine that the most hardcore place on SoCal on this shit isn't as hardcore as you know an SF. Yeah. Do you surf? Are you a surfer? Um, no, I surfed a little bit when I was a kid, but no, not really. Like I said, I used to play tennis a lot. Oh, okay, you're a tennis player. Oh. Yeah, that's why I, I know so much about uh, Novak Djokovic. You know, he's he's my hero. Well, the thing is, he was my hero like for a decade before all the COVID stuff. So, you know, I was ahead of the curve, Mike. Yeah, no, very much so. I think he's a lot of people's heroes now and a villain for a lot of crazy people, too. But, uh, you know, no, I think he's become a real hero. I like him. I liked him before. I'm not a big tennis fan. I always thought his matches were great, you know. Yeah, and and what people don't know, but Novak actually, uh, the reason why he's actually very, uh, he's actually very Mm anti-NATO and. The reason is because uh, he's Serbian, and as you might have remembered, uh, yes, Na- 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 NATO bombed Serbia in the nineties, you know, and uh-huh. them and shit. Yeah, so he's very much anti-NATO. So on uh, Ukraine, you know, I'm sure he uh, agrees with us, you know, on this sh- stuff, right. and it's yeah. just a scam, and you know. But it was funny is that he because okay, so in the, the 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 tennis meet is very much pro status quo because because most of the tournaments, mm-hmm. or at least the most powerful people in tennis, are like American and Western European. So they hate him because he's Serbian. So he he gets a ton of shit no matter what he does. You know, it's it's kind of similar. It's not it's how to compare, it, but it's it's kind of okay. The, the media in tennis it's very much similar to like the political media where they're all pro status quo. You know, right. the status, and they're all you know very much so. Um, and, and I'm trying to explain it. Um, but I don't. I feel like it's similar to the political media. Okay, okay. On on COVID, like the tennis establishment and the tennis media, mm-hmm. we're all hardcore on COVID. You know. Um, like once because uh no 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 Novak was like masked sorry pictured unmasked during the lockdowns once mm-hmm. and they were shitting on him hardcore for that yeah well that's really something to get upset about let me tell you these people were so on it weren't they weren't they so on it man yeah oh, I tell you yeah no mask wow no vaccine wow yeah really, really what a dangerous guy so so dangerous yeah the uh, but he'll be the last he'll 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 have the last laugh because he's not going to die suddenly. 
Oh, well, well, so it's not even about dying or not dying. It's, it's that he's the GOAT. Like, in terms of objectivity, like, he, he has more titles than everything else, you know, than anybody else. So, yeah. Um, and, how, much, how much did that play into it? They didn't want him. Oh, well, there no, because, because, because of COVID, he's actually yeah. been banned from five Grand Slams and, like, big tournaments. Yeah, no, so, I know. Yeah, but, but even though they've banned him, he's still the most successful. Yeah. Well, he's great. Absolutely. He's great. You know? So, yeah, and he's he's actually in the past. He's actually talked about how horrible NATO is, obviously, because you know, they try to kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and he got so much shit for it for just because obviously because the because because the most powerful countries in tennis are are, are like U.S., U.K., France, and Spain. You know, all uh, countries of NATO, obviously. Mm-hmm. So so they hated him when um, you know, he it wasn't even like hard criticism. It was just like a mild criticism of NATO, you know, and saying how war is bad. And he got so much shit for it. Wow. Just for like very mild criticism of NATO, which now you know we all know is true. Boy, this news coming in as I'm talking to you. Let me do. Can I do a breaking news thing? Oh yeah, sure. breaking so. news, breaking news, breaking news. Okay. So the, did you hear with DNC? Is, you can talk, Arthur. You can put your oh, okay. mic on. Do you see well, the DNC is going to hold their convention in Chicago? Do you saw yeah, that? Yeah. So it's not so breaking, is it? No. Yeah. I I I heard about this like twelve hours ago. What's breaking about this motherfucker? All right. Well, it's breaking here. Let me tell you, these networks will use breaking news for something that's a week old. They do it all the time. So 12 hours isn't so bad. So the DNC is going to hold the convention in Chicago. What are they going to do? Are they going to like run into Uber, take an Uber to the event, then take an Uber back to the hotel and not go out? Chicago, um, you know, try to show that, oh, we're going to show that crime isn't that bad. By holding our convention there, it's ridiculous. No, okay, it might just be because Chicago has like a lot of great convention centers, and also there's a lot of powerful interest groups. In Chicago, like like Chicago has yeah. a pretty big and a history, uh, of, fi- a history fi- of crooked, a history of crooked Democratic politicians. Yeah, oh yeah, like like the uh, day da- da- daily machine. Daily, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I think the dailies were mayor of Chicago for like forty years. And the sixty eight convention was there. The yeah, big, the dictatorship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The big 68 uh, convention was there, but it's to me, it's just, it's so ridiculous because it's like, I, it, it's, first of all, it's going to be even less safe next year. <laughs> Every year Chicago gets, less. and this guy that they elected mayor is a, a total whack job. He's worse. He's like, I say he's, uh, you know, the 2.0 version of Lori Lightfoot. Oh, he what's his name? Uh, Johnson or what? Yeah, Johnson, Brandon name. Johnson. Yeah. 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 You know, so Chicago will probably be in worse shape a year from now when the convention wouldn't be till summer of next year. And so it's just like this, like the strident defiance. No, I, 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 I really don't trust him because he was praising Obama and saying, like, Obama was fantastic. X, Y, Z. He's like, Oh, fucking sellout motherfucker. God. Well, he's for defunding the police. It's, look, 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 Chicago, the Democrats are trying to give it a little boost, bring some money in. It's ridiculous. You know, they'll all be protected. Believe me, all these Democrats who go to this convention in Chicago will be protected. Many of them probably with people with guns, these people who are anti-gun and want to take everyone's guns away. Well, no, we'll make sure they're protected in Chicago. Because, 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 they, because they've been selling like, like billions of weapons to Ukraine. So you can't be for – and by the way, I am for gun control. I'm sure we disagree on that. But you can't be for gun control if – you're uh, shipping billions of weapons to Ukraine, which it, uh, before this war was considered the most corrupt country in Europe. 
Mm-hmm. That's just a total uh, scam. Oh, another hypocrisy! Wow, another one. You know me, Mike. I, I try to pull out. You know, I, I I try to call out the propaganda. You know, wherever I see it. Yeah. Well, no, Democrats are for guns, for governments, for people, for for politicians. Oh for, yeah, you know, for politicians, they, they, bodyguards. Yeah, for they all in power, have the, the, but not for the citizenry. Security and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Weapon. Yeah. Government I, having I'm weapons of mass destruction is fine, yeah. but a little old lady can't have a little pistola to protect herself. That's not allowed. It's ridiculous. Karthik, I'm going to end the show. I'm going to give okay. you the last word. Do you have a last word? My, I feel like I do, but I forgot. Probably because um, <laughs> that's great. That falls no, Mike, a little okay. flat. <laughs> so, okay, Mike, uh, do you have any predictions for the primary? That's not the last word. That's asking me to talk. Oh, um, well, last word. The last word would be: What are your predictions for the primary? Um, well, I do think Trump's going to win. I guess that's my prediction. Uh, give me a bellyache. <laughs> oh, no, I just think it's because the cult of Trump is too strong, man. You know, just like how the cult of Obama is very strong. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like the cult of Bernie is weaker just because Bernie I think, you know what? Trust, you I'm going to get the last word. I lied. <laughs> I, <have to> talk. <laughs> I think you're wrong in the way of, I think it's really, we've seen his base whittle away over the last eight years. Sure, it's definitely weaker than yeah, it was. Yeah, and he's weaker. Ago. You know what? He's like um, a, a shell of what he used to be. He's he's like recycling the same old insults. Like back in 2015, like calling someone like Marco Rubio little, <laughs> that was funny. You know, calling someone a loser, <laughs> that was funny. You know, uh, now it's like he recycles the same old ones. You know, he's calling Ron DeSantis little, Ron DeSantis. It's like he doesn't work anymore. It's like come up with some new shit, man. Come up with some, you know, some new insults. But he's, yeah. it's like the same old act. You know, it's like, it's like an old comedian doing the same act. We're like, you know what? Let's, let's move on. Let's move on to something new. Let's move on to a new, a new fresh act. How about that? So, okay. Uh, besides COVID, is there any other reason why you think that Ron DeSantis will win the primary? He'll just present himself as a better, a better, a better politician, a better candidate. That's all. Oh. A, a, a more level-headed a more level-headed, actual, true I, conservative. I, I think yeah. if it's Biden against Trump, I do think it's a toss-up because both of them are really hated, you know? Well, someone put up a great map today, electoral yeah. map, and these are very early, but someone put up a very convincing electoral map showing that Trump can't win. He can't get to 270. It was very, very, um, what's the word I want to look for? A uh, uh, strong map. It was, it was a strong point of view, you know, and it showed that what I have said, that because he has trouble with... Uh, women because he has trouble with independence he's not going to be able to win yeah he has trouble with a lot of people yeah, he's not going to be able to win like wisconsin michigan pennsylvania arizona georgia all the states nevada that well, a republican my, will need to win mike that's what people said in 2016 people said he couldn't win the midwest and people said he couldn't win uh, some people have predicted that, that that he wouldn't even win texas which but there's know. a problem he wasn't president yet we didn't have the yeah, four years. Yeah, we, we, we weren't as sick of him as we are now. Exactly, but, exactly. But no, people. Exactly. I'm just saying people are making the same predictions that they were then. Well, they, no, but that prediction came true in 2020 after yeah. he was president. Yeah. So, no, no, but I'm saying in 2016 they said he couldn't win. But he wasn't – yeah, I know people always say that. Um, yeah. People on one side of the aisle always say this person they don't like isn't going to win because that's their personal bias. But in, in 2020 it played out that after four years of that drama, people didn't want it anymore. You know, after four years of him, people didn't want it anymore. Remember, he also ran against. We, I've discussed this before. 
In 2016, he ran against a candidate with very high negatives in Hillary Clinton. People didn't like her. That's true. For some reason, that wasn't true about Biden. Biden has very, very big positives. Didn't have the negatives Hillary had. People thought he was a nice guy. Well, I think that's also because like Biden wasn't in the limelight as much as Hillary is. Well, like, he... also, he had the uh, Obama effect. People, Democrats yeah. and other independents fondly remember him as Obama vice president. So that well, helped. Yeah, but, but Hillary was also Obama's uh, secretary of state. Oh, not the same thing. Not the same thing. It's not even close. Biden well, she did get a ton of attention for Libya and stuff, you know. So yeah, yeah. I, there was, you know, there I, I, I felt like Hillary got more attention than O'Biden did because because VPs don't do jack shit, but Secretary of State. Oh, do you say like O'Biden? Actual important O'Biden. role. I like that. O'Biden, O'Biden, O'Biden. But uh, no, it's worn. Trump's worn off. It's it's people are over that. I don't people know. Are, well, no, I will say this: I, I think DeSantis against Biden will. I, I think DeSantis can definitely beat Biden for sure, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I'm not saying maybe he would. He absolutely yeah, I would. think if DeSantis goes against Biden, I, I would pick DeSantis as a favorite. But that's what's going to happen during the primary process. DeSantis, because he's very good at this, will make that point. But that, it, that narrative that he will beat Biden and Trump will not. And polls will come out that will start to back him up and that will get people to vote for him. But, Mike, you know, people don't always act uh, logically. You know, the way people vote is very illogical sometimes. So you yeah. never but you also have to remember, we've talked about this before, that the first three contests are in Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada, not Trump strongholds. These are well, states with moderate independence. They're not Trump. Sure, groups. but in 2016, Trump did win New Hampshire and Nevada. And Which, Iowa was Once also again, you keep fun. talking about before anyone really knew how he was going to govern, what was going to be for four years. Yeah, yeah. I know, man. I'm just saying, don't underestimate it, man. Just, I never underestimate anybody in this game, especially with someone with money, you know, but I'm just I'm saying, just saying uh, a cult of personality. Over the I would I would Very I would powerful. expect I would expect just logically for this to be more like 2020 with Trump than 2016. Wait a minute. Added on indictments. All right. Well, okay, so, I'll say that I think so far he's campaigning better than last time, 2020, because 2020 was nothing but garbage culture wars, you know. But like I, I feel like that now, right now, he's talking yeah. substantively. Like, yeah, but he's campaigning against against Biden, which is easy because Biden has very low approvals. Well, he was campaigning against Biden last time too in twenty twenty as well. No, but I'm saying um, Biden wasn't president yet and doesn't have the history of of doing. Sure, but I'm bad talking things. about the campaign strategy. Like he's actually talking about more stuff. Like right now, he was talking about how how, how the one Ukraine's a scam, and and I think yesterday, two days ago, he just said on Fox. That's not that, a. But the war in Ukraine being a scam. We might. That's not the majority of the Americans don't have that opinion. Don't believe that. I, I know. All I'm saying is he's actually saying the truth. He's actually saying something, something important, actually. And also, two days ago, I think uh, I forgot who it was, but somebody on Fox, he said to them that uh, that the U.S. Uh, blew up the Nord Stream pipeline instead of Russia. So he's actually saying important shit. But the problem with Trump is in between these things, he does these childish things. Like yeah, saying no, well, you know, Florida saying was he, great without DeSantis he, and that Charlie Chris was a better governor and that little Ron DeSantis yeah, needed whatever. him and he came to him crying and all this bullshit. So for every, yeah, obviously he's lying yeah. about that. Yeah, um, everything that Trump says that makes sense policy wise, he then almost negates it with some personal I know, I know. stupid thing. He, he lies about it, obviously. Yeah, I'm just saying right. that he's campaigning better now than in 2020. Yeah, but it's, t- it's you know, it's it's going to be very tough with very possibly two to four indictments 
hanging over his head. Well, I, I don't think he's going to go to jail. Except for, and I, I, I didn't I think, say anything about jail. Yeah, and I, I think these indictments are similar to Russiagate, where because he's being victimized by the establishment, uh, it's, yeah. it's some only going to make some more of it's his fault. Some of it's not. You know, yeah, he, did, he did, he did, once again, it wasn't necessarily legal. And Ron DeSantis has made a point of this very cleverly. He did have to pay off a porn star. Not yeah. very presidential. Not very presidential. You know, so regardless if you think it was illegal or whatever, it was untoward, you know, and Ron DeSantis doesn't have that baggage. You know, Ron DeSantis doesn't have the baggage of having classified documents. Right. Trump well, does. The only baggage does. he has yeah. is the torture accusations that Guantanamo Bay. No, but don't that's worry. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. No, 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 no. That can make Mike, up anything. Mike, can make up don't anything. worry. Yeah, and, the, and the pictures of him with girls when he was 22. Who cares? I, I have no idea what pictures you're talking about. But anyway, no, yeah, but yeah. what I'm saying is I'm telling you, Mike, uh, the the uh, accusation at Guantanamo aren't going to hurt him because because the establishment is also guilty of Guantanamo Bay. So don't worry. No one cares. No, no one. No one in this country gives a shit anymore about Guantanamo Bay. It's I don't ancient history. It's, it's ancient history. Uh, you might. I. That's fine. But most people don't. Um, most people don't. Maria does. Anyway, Mike. I know. Uh, do, do you have uh, uh, any last words? No, but that's it. My last words are: Have a good night. Thanks for the call. <laughs> I appreciate. Yeah, Gator. It. We agree. Yeah, people should care about war crimes. Of course. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. see ya. Okay. And Mike, you know, obviously, you know, there was no due process for my, um, um, Santa said Guantanamo, obviously, but there is photo and, uh, video evidence of lots of torture happening. That's all I'm saying, man. I saw it with the leash and the girl. I saw those things. Yeah. Um, I remember. Oh, oh, is that what you were referring to about Guantanamo? Like, like, like DeSantis was like, was, uh, was, uh, holding a No, leash. there were some stupid photos that Trump put out of him, like with young girls when he was like 21. It was stupid. It was idiotic. There's nothing. How young were the girls? I don't know. Around his age, a little younger. It was nothing. I, I hope they were adults. I hope it wasn't like much. the Dalai Lama sticking his tongue out and asking a six-year-old to suck it. It wasn't that kind of thing. So. The oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. Gator, of course. Yeah. We, we agree on Guantanamo. But yeah. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, just, I just didn't want. Yeah. Gator, we definitely agree on that. Anyway. Uh, see ya. All right. Karthik, thanks. I'm not saying Guantanamo Bay. I'm not saying what I'm saying. It's no longer a major political issue and it's not going to come back as a political issue. There's too much else going on. That's all. So as far as a political issue used in the campaign for 2024, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. That's all. You know, once again, let's live in the real world and it's not going to happen. All right. Oh, another spirited show. Another spirited show. I want to thank my callers, Karthik, the usual, hit and run, hit and run, talk and run, uh, Daniel and Gator, and uh, Maria. Thank you for the calls. I appreciate it. And thanks, Greg, for listening. And uh, have a, I want to remind everyone that the name of this show is in Let's Be Heard. And it airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, meaning I'll be right back here again tomorrow night okay but until then this is micah chopley reminding you that your influence counts use it <laughs>